0: gentlemen welcome welcome to the co-optional podcast
1: hello everybody
0: hello it is the 9th of february yes it is you seem so upset by that fact
1: it sure is (laughs) do you are you okay i really hate today no i'm good i'm fine what I, What? I, What? I, i took a shower today I'm wearing pajamas so really my day in general is like pretty good
0: yeah I mean this is the if there was a show where that would be acceptable this would be it yeah like the you whole know. taking a shower thing is unusual we for people in, that are on the show but
2: entirely <laughs> different worlds where you're like I'm having a great day took a shower I'm like <sighs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now we know. Uh, Jesse has a separate office as far away from yours as possible. Then,
1: yeah, I always know if if Jesse seems like he's out of sorts, I'm like, oh, bud, you didn't get to take a shower today, did you? I oh know my- that that's like that's gonna be the thing that upsets the whole balance of the entire day. There's an That'll order
2: to your day, and that's <laughs> number one is actually poo. Number two is shower. You gotta do it in order, and if you don't, I mean, yeah, no you're really time. wasting
1: the shower water if you don't poop first.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you poop in the shower, shower and then poop that's, you're that's, fucked up. that's so weird, yeah.
0: Yeah. Clint's wondering what the hell he got himself into, and I certainly don't blame him. <laughs> hey. uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm mostly just here because I was told I didn't have to
3: wear pants, so... You, um, you,
0: I mean, you were you're not what? wrong. I see that's,
1: Clint gets me. I mean, that, that's I almost a understand. requirement
0: for yeah. the show, honestly. Uh, I tend to find that people properly dressed don't do as well here. That's just the way that it is. Maybe it's just part of the environment that we're in, a self-inflicted environment. Mm-hmm. An irresponsible, Handsless horrible environment, environment. <laughs> indeed. Clint of Lazy Game Reviews, welcome to the show. Greetings. How are you doing? Very, very well. Thank you for asking. Very impressive wall that you have back there. Is that it? That's, that looks like copy of Lemmings. Big box copy of Lemmings, maybe in the back I was going to say I there, think is, that box
1: back
3: there.
0: Yeah, that is a, a very small subset of the collection. I imagine so.
3: A few I'm of the more, other favorites. I'm more
2: impressed back by here. that. Uh, is that a VHS? Slash, what is that back there? Um, Those are a
3: couple of uh, cassette decks back there that I'm trying to coax back to life at the moment.
2: Also pause, Sound Blaster? Nailing it. (laughs) Nailing everything about it.
0: (laughs) I mean if you do a lot of retro game reviews you do have to own that sort of hardware and that is an awful lot of what you do actually, mostly a retro review channel. Uh, retro computing
3: specifically so mm-hmm. pretty much if it came out from you know the mid 80s to the mid 90s that is like my jam just
2: right there. Do you get a lot of so companies asking you to review games?
3: I do and like 95% of them make no sense whatsoever. It's like here's our our latest you know coin pusher <laughs> game on the app store well, for
2: That's that's kind of what I was asking. I was hoping yeah. the companies that are like, will you review this game from 1994 for us? Like I <laughs>
3: wish. the the closest I've ever gotten to that was when um Brian Provinciano re-released Retro City Rampage for NES. Ah, dos yeah. So that is like the only modern DOS game release that I've gotten in like you know, eight years of doing this.
0: Yeah, and it's a bit of a pain in the ass to be a retro PC channel in particular. A retro console you can still find an NES and you can still find copies of most games you know, and worst comes to worst I guess you can you can do emulation and all that sort of thing and of course you can emulate DOS relatively well with DOSBox but in particular, I was trying a few years ago to get some Windows ninety five games running, and nah. it was it was a nightmare. It just yeah. wasn't happening.
3: That stuff. I mean, that's why I've got probably I don't know sixty or seventy old PCs, like one from just about every year. Do you say then...
0: sixty or seventy old mm-hmm. PCs? Mm-hmm. Fucking well, hell! Or, or, where? Or, or I'm not interested. Oh, even... Where? Where?
3: <laughs> where? I've 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 got somewhere completely away from my home. Like this is as crazy as it gets in my home. But like my collection is just. You know, five thousand games or so at this point, and Fucking you know, hell. around however many dozen computers. So, like, each one of them is there for a very specific reason. If I want to cover a game from nineteen ninety seven, I'm going to use a computer from nineteen ninety seven. So,
0: it's generally the best way to do it. You know, it's it's, it's a little absurd, but I guess that's why people watch. Yeah, yeah. I would say so because most people cannot <laughs> be bothered to, to commit to that it level. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna first to tell you you've gone too far I <laughs> uh, yeah i get that a lot but that's okay
3: i mean you know somebody's got to do it or somebody's chosen to do it
2: better to reign in hell Park and serve in heaven yeah. just because you can doesn't mean you should yeah, well, <laughs> you don't you know, don't have to do it you PC, don't need to bring uh, back those dinosaurs ms dos
3: like- gaming found a way here in my house and that is just that is the truth
0: <sighs> incredible God. <laughs> Amazing. Always, always nice to have a bit of a different guest on the show who will no doubt roll his eyes at uh, some of the crap that we've been playing lately, but there you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. The, we need someone to do that. We can't be surrounded by yes-men all the time. Welcome to the Corruptional Podcast. We do occasionally talk about video games. Come on to the show, we'll be talking about the games that we've been playing this week. And, of course, we'll be wrapping up some of the news. there is. It, uh, I, I've said it before. You wait three hours for a bus, none come and then three come at once. There's actually some news this week, so we can talk about that. And... I am happy to tell you that the release list section will not take an hour this time. It's short. It's a bit shorter. You know, I was thinking this week, look, we've got to change this segment because it's becoming an absolute disaster. I'm going to pre-screen. I'm going to look for the hilariously bad stuff and the stuff that's worthwhile and cut out the 20 or so hidden object games. But it turns out there's actually not that many games this week, so we'll be fine. I can start uh, actually, you know, doing the whole quality control thing next week. That would be a unique and new thing for the show, quality control. (laughs) It might scare off our usual viewer base. I'm not sure if that's okay.
2: Fans of <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fans of four really bored people looking through video games. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's that's our massive demo. They're yeah. like, I wonder what kind of awful games they're gonna look at this week. They're, they're add a, to wish list, add oh, to wish list. There,
0: there is a serious list. market for that stuff. There oh, really is. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. it's like a, you it's it's a it's a bit Schadenfreude, I think, for a lot of people that like to watch others suffer and endure things that they will not themselves have to endure. That's that's fine. We we live to serve, as it were. <laughs> all right, we live talk. to suffer. We we do. Uh, we we suffer for our craft. All right, let's talk a little bit about the games that we have been playing this week. But before we start, that can I ask? Has anybody tried the new Fire Emblem mobile game at all? I watched
1: oh, Sam play it a ton. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. okay. That is all I've played this week.
0: All oh, right. Well,
1: that's, it. that's all I played. Cool. Sam has I... been playing it like. Non-stop. I, Loves it. <laughs>
0: I'm glad to hear that you have so you can talk about it because, you know, I was thinking about it and I realized I play too many of those gacha mobile game cash vampires as it is. I I, I actively play two with ga- gacha mechanics and that's not even, ca- actually even more than that maybe, that's not counting Clash Royale and Force Arena who, have, who are more sort of CCG style of thing. But I I recently discovered that term. I didn't know that it was a thing. Uh, Okay, if it has that music, maybe I should play it, actually.
2: It is the most ridiculous intro song ever. It's just the guy's like fire emblem
0: that, is, <laughs> that in itself is kind of brilliant i have to say but that's not going to be enough to push me into playing it uh, well but i mean yeah. like
1: if you if you love the tactics element of fire emblem that's Which literally all that this game is yeah so uh how... but
0: isn't it also a shit ton of collecting characters of star ratings as right, well but
1: like yeah 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 playing it like the actual gameplay of it is just the it's just the fire right. emblem. So, so let's yeah, let's yeah, jump but the, into
2: that. All um,
0: right, yeah, okay. Let's let's hear what you're gonna say. Cause I have played it, so you know, it's fair I wanna hear so, from the perspective of someone that has. Uh,
2: essentially the gist is if you are a person who likes Fire Emblem, mm-hmm. the actual gameplay is Fire Emblem minus having to deal with weapons. You know how in Fire Emblem you have weapons that can break or you can equip different uh-huh. it's that but you don't have to deal with that stuff. So it's Oh, that's actually a bit base. disappointing. I quite like that. It's the core <laughs> base mechanic of Fire Emblem Wars strategy. So y- you have, you know, uh red, there's red, green and, and uh blue are the different like uh symbols of um uh like power you essentially it's the triangle where it's, you know, yeah. uh and what was
0: it like? Axe sword beats swords, uh, spear can beats, etc. Yeah,
2: a spear can defeat a sword, uh-huh. and then you have the non-color, which is like the bow and arrows and the ninjas and like, uh, it's the same. It's the same core mechanic of uh fire emblem in general. So okay. if you are down with that, you're gonna like that to begin with. Um, from there, you have a a hall that you can build for yourself, and each time you upgrade your hall, it gives you more experience. But in order to upgrade that hall, you are also using the same items that you get that allow you to recruit people. Typical. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, the recruitment is based on collecting orbs. And you get orbs for beating uh, story missions, and you get orbs just for logging in daily. Um, uh, The problem is that that it costs... The way that it works is when you summon, it's a random summon, Uh but it costs five orbs to start the summon and you get five things to choose from. And it's random five colors. So you can get like two green, two non-color and one red. Mm-hmm. And if you select the red and you're like, well, I guess I want to pick more from the same list. Uh, it now costs four instead of five. And so you can just select from this thing. Uh-huh. And so sometimes if you're looking for a red, what you can do, and this is how I got all my five stars, uh, is I would be like, all right, I want to summon. And I get five. Red and I'm like, yo, I'm in the zone. And so it's cheap it's like cheaper for the rest of those uh red ones. So all those little bullshit mechanics of, you know, mobile games. Gacha um,
0: is the name, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that it was um I came across that term like uh, a little while ago and apparently that's what it refers to, the kind of Japanese monetization method that was taken from the little capsule machines, like the little random capsule toy machines. You
1: have no idea what you're gonna get. Yeah. And but the thing the thing with the gacha apps and there's like you were saying there's so many of them there are is that a lot of people just uninstall the game and then reinstall it until they get what they want and
2: that's you can do that a lot of people did for this one huh. you can just
1: re-roll your party over and over and over again to make sure no. you start with the characters you want and the stats that you no, want that's,
0: that's almost I'd, I'd say that's actually better than quite a lot of the stuff that is on the mobile market then because you know yeah. galaxy of heroes you can't do that shit i could tell you that for a fact like a you lot wanna, of people
1: did that with this one
0: yeah that's good i mean that one is just
1: because everybody loves the characters so much so They're like hard. i didn't get my favorite character fuck this uninstall reinstall <laughs> yeah
2: I made, I made the terrible mistake of immediately linking it to my Nintendo account. So from moment one, but I lucked out in that uh, my character, the characters that I got from my first few summons were straight up some of the best characters you could possibly get. I don't know how it happened. Oh, okay. I don't know why it happened, but right now I'm running with a uh, all max team of like Camilla. So I got boobs on my team. Of and I have Lucina on my team. So like I have all the like stone cold heroes from uh, the games um but it's it, it has all those things where you can summon like five of the same hero and then combine them to make a uh-huh. person great um they have an arena mode and the arena mode lets you choose if you want to do beginner intermediate or advanced and it basically pits you against teams of that are your same level but based on star rating yes so your advance would be like okay these guys are all gold five stars and they're going to Try and kick my ass, mm-hmm. um, and and but the arena again has a different, and this I think is pretty standard. It has a different uh, uh, item base that you can enter, so you're not. It's, it isn't based on your like uh, points or your uh, stamina. I believe is what it's called uh, in this one, but uh, it's not based on stamina. It's based on like little sword symbols, and you can enter the arena as many times you have sword symbols. Um, I will say the one thing that makes this game. Better to me than other games of this variety is the fact that because it's linked to your Nintendo account, those points you accrue then can be spent to buy things for the game Mm -hmm. without having to spend money. Like, I haven't spent a cent on this thing, and I already have a team of uh, four gold five stars at level 30 plus, and I haven't spent a cent.
0: The question I wonder is, like, if you will run into that free-to-play wall, uh, because you know i played a ton of my most the most experience that i've had with uh, games of that style is galaxy of heroes and i've played a lot of that and you if you are not actively playing on a daily basis completing absolutely everything and if you hadn't honestly spent a bit of money early on in particular there are certain points that you just can't get past Uh, In particular, right now, they have a bunch of challenges which require teams like, you have to have people only Rebellion characters or only Jawas. And it's like, oh great, I have to have a fully functional fucking Jawa team and all this shit. It's like, this takes, I mean, it takes so long to even acquire those characters and even if you do acquire them they're lower star rating than they have to be you can you can't acquire a max star rating character just from a pack pull in that game it's not possible Mm, so you have to spend you have to earn shards which takes fucking forever um i and uh i was talking about the that wwe match three game last week or the week before and i got a nerd cubed who's been on our show before to play it because you know he's a big wwe fan like i am well as big a one as you can be we're mostly just angry at wwe most of the time (laughs) It's like, fan. how could you possibly think that this is a good idea kind of thing? And I'm he's like- at them right now, but for a
3: completely different reason. And that's because they get a copyright strike on my AOL video. Oh, really? Ooh, they good. did. They just they, they claimed an, an ad from 1997 that I showed a couple seconds
0: of. That actually Erica doesn't online, surprise me so... as much as I thought. They are very litigious when it comes to YouTube, like even tiny that, little clips of footage. There's a show that I watch called Botchamania who can't put their show on YouTube because it's automatically claimed pretty much immediately. So they have to put wow. it on Vimeo. And when they put the YouTube version up, they kind of, they put they put a small version of the video in the corner and then loop uh, put some other footage as a full screen to confuse the auto match. And it's unwatchable. Like, it's compl- okay. it's terrible. Uh, but yeah, WWE are really bad at matching that. but. Anyway, Dan was saying, yeah, this was really fun, and then I hit the free-to-play wall, basically where there's no way I can advance unless I grind the fuck out of this or I buy shit because right. my guys are just not good enough. Like, they don't have the appropriate star rating, and you can't acquire that kind of thing. Um, I I use. Uh, it seems like what you're saying right now is that you either haven't hit that wall or that wall isn't there. I mean, the game has only been out for, what, a week? So right. maybe we're well, not it- familiar with that yet.
2: It's offering the way so first off the reward levels there's numerous so there's in game questing and then there's Nintendo questing so the Nintendo quests okay. are literally like all these different missions that first ones like you get hundred Nintendo points just for linking it to your account right and then the rest of them are 100 points just for beating each chapter and you can do that on normal mode which is relatively easy and you don't need to have any like super characters so you already at by the time you're done you already have a thousand free nintendo points you then can dump into buying upgrades and orbs and care and like all sorts of stuff that so nintendo's already giving you that like here take a little then you have quests and so you have monthly quests and the way it works is you have a whole list of quests that are easy mode quest you could do and then once you beat those then it unlocks hard mode quests and then once you beat those it's like here are insane quests so it isn't all that bullshit that's like go beat only jawas right like that's saved for later so right now i'm on the hard quest and i only have one left and it's just when 10 intermediate duels and i'm at nine of ten right now and um and the, like the hardest one in this chain was go do level two one with only three people in your group instead of four But I'm level 30 and 2-1 on hard is level 13. So I'm just slaughtering them. And it's like, okay, your reward now is 1,500 of these crystals. You need to upgrade people. So there's all these things that they give you. And so that's like monthly quests. And it isn't daily. So it isn't one of those things you have to be on every day to do. It's month of February. Then there's arena quests, which are, they last night like 20 days to do these quests. And it's literally win 20 duels, Uh, you know win arena duels at eight, right now i have like three things that are all it's kind of like um the way warcraft and uh hearthstone like people do those quests where it's you get three random quests but two of them the exact same they just have different rewards okay and then uh then there's your overall quest you have a year to complete and the first chain is beat all the level all the levels of the story on easy or normal which i did the next ones beat all of them on hard which I'm too away from doing, Uh right? So it isn't, there aren't daily quests. The only thing you get daily is if you log in in your base, one of your characters and one of your friend's characters will have little hearts above their head. And if you click them, they're like, have free stuff. And that's- Yeah, the daily login reward kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah. there are no, and and then because of the game just coming out, they give you two free orbs every day just for showing up. So it's one of those things where as a mobile game, It is super lenient on the... As someone who's played a lot of Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, and and comparing the two, Brave Exvius definitely like a mobile game where you have to be on every day, Mm -hmm. you have to do shit every day, and if you don't, you're going to fall behind. And Fire Emblem is, is... You can see it's on the same wavelength, but it's not the same. Like, it doesn't feel... Like, you have to be there. Like, oh, I got to do this,
0: this. It feels this. a bit more lenient, at least right now, yeah. anyway. I have to wonder if it will remain that way. Uh, because, you know, there's been quite a few of those games that start off, they fr- very much front-loading the experience is a way that a lot of mobile free-to-play games get you involved. And then once you've invested enough time, then you start running up against these walls, and you're like, well, a couple of dollars here, a couple of dollars there isn't, you know, t- won't hurt too much, and then, you know, suddenly you're me with clash royale yeah. where it's like well that was a thousand dollars i didn't need i guess uh, but oh uh, fucking thing galaxy heroes
2: losing their shit over and this is something that i mean they've addressed clearly because it's changed but uh in the first week of the game people discovered that in order to grow your characters and unlock the potential which is like moving them from four to five stars or whatever okay the cost to do that I'm going to go right now to Setsuna, who's one of my characters, who's four stars. In order to upgrade her to five, which you can do at level 20, um, I need 20 uncolored... Um, I need 20 uncolored symbols, whatever they're called, and 20,000 feathers.
1: Damn.
0: Okay, I, I assume feathers, that's a lot.
2: <laughs> feathers, you cannot buy, like, with cash, these items. You cannot do it. So... Um, feathers were supposedly in the game to get the problem is you were getting like 15 at a time <laughs> like, and people were like this is an impossibility so in the last few days they've rolled out patches that have gone in and been like here this is how you get this shit we're making it easier so the arena mode for example um the arena questing that i have uh one of the rewards is like win 20 duels here's a thousand uh, feathers or win 10, intermediate duels, just a 1,000. Like they're giving you more and more, but it, I mean, that's really one of the problems is if, if you get a character and you're trying to get to five stars, it's relatively impossible to do right now. Yeah. The game's only been out a week, so it's one of those things where I, I, I will give them time. Also, I'm super biased because I got four five star characters doing nothing. It does <laughs> sound
0: like you were very, very lucky in that regard. Yeah, I imagine yeah. those that were not don't feel the same way.
2: But with that said, um the difference i've noticed between four and five stars characters while they have some cool abilities that are 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 neat it's still about how you play the game technically and with strategy
0: sure i have, to some extent
2: I, yeah i have five star characters who can still be one shot by people who are way lower than them if you if if for example uh camilla is flying around on her dragon if you shoot her with a bone arrow you're still going to do way more damage because sure. that's the mechanic of the game yeah right? if you have a if i'm sending uh uh, lucina with a sword at you and you have a a guy with like a book i'm still gonna kick your ass but at the same time it's the mechanic works and it's it's really solid Hmm. and so it's one of the things that you can have a much better character but if you're the same level you can still beat them if you can pull off the strategy
0: sure okay well, I, I guess that might mitigate it a little bit. I think a lot of those games don't have enough strategy in them for that to really work. Going back again to Galaxy of Heroes, a lot of it is just down to pure stats. Like, it's a party-based RPG where everyone has like two or three different abilities and just take turns. There's not that much strategy you can really have other than your team composition and whether or not your team is good against the other dude's team. That's about as, and, you know, using the right abilities at the right time, that's about as far as it goes. And then there's some randomness, and it's like, well, I just missed three times in a row. I'm dead, you know, uh, That so also, that can definitely happen.
2: Also, what's good about this game, and I forgot, is that the training modes and the story modes, all of it, I don't think Arena, although it gives you one of the characters, it tells you one of the characters is on the enemy team, everything but Arena Literally states at the bottom exactly what the composition of the enemies are in that, so you know going in. Sure. Okay. Well, they have two red swords and a green axe, and so you uh, can
0: tailor your team, so you're not yeah. going randomly up against some little hard counter you.
2: So you aren't getting shit on. You actually can str- strategize. And okay. I'm, and because it's that easier level of strategy, where you're not like, all right, what weapons am I bringing? What like, who am I equipping this to? Because it's literally just the base mechanic of the triangle and then moving pieces around to like manipulate the board I, i'm down with it it's a game that i will play uh until i run out of my stamina and then be like all right and put it down and then might not touch it till tomorrow but bit I'm of a time filler it, run yeah. out of stamina okay put it back down and you're talking maybe 15 minutes a day I'd all right put into this well, that's but reasonable. I've really lucked out and that the characters i've gotten have been great and you also have to game the system like in the first couple days you play you can get a shit ton of orbs and if you know who you're looking for and you know what characters are what like when i discovered that Cam- i was like i gotta have boobs on my team if i can get camilla this is gonna be awesome i discovered she's a green axe so i went in and was like all right i'm gonna game this so i can get as many green symbols on my board so i can unlock all five of those at one time and i got five green and was like cool and i unlocked every single one because it's it, it decreases. It was like first one's five, next one's four, next one's four, and then it's like three. And so if you stay on that one board of unlocks, you it lowers the price. And the last one I got was Camilla because, All right. fuck if I understand how it works, but I did it. And there's there's definitely stuff there. It's it's a Fire Emblem game. It's not nearly as cool, and I'm not nearly as excited for it as I Fire Emblem Warriors, but. I love Fire Emblem. Well, it it
0: doesn't seem like it's supposed to replace Fire Emblem. It's supposed to be more of a teaser for, hey, buy the real one. Why didn't they put a real Fire Emblem game on iOS? Because they'd like to sell 3DS and Nintendo Switch, I would imagine. That's probably a lot to do with it. So it does make a sense that they put a spinoff on there. Now, to make sure we don't have an hour of uh, Clint sitting there saying, what the fuck are these guys talking about with their shitty mobile games? I'd love to hear what you have been playing this week. Whatever it may be. Old, new...
3: Uh, really? The only thing I've been playing this week is Adobe Premiere, working on videos. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I know how that sometimes feels. Yes, that's, that's about it. Uh, uh, no, other than that, um, I've been going through
0: Yakuza Zero
3: for ever since it came out.
1: Oh, oh no! my god! i keep meaning to play that. I hear it's fantastic. Tell me about it
0: that. I've I've heard a lot of good things. I mean, the the Yakuza or Yakuza? What is the correct pronunciation? Is it Yakuza? Is that Yakuza. The one? Yakuza. Let's mm-hmm. go with that. Yeah, they they've always been pretty good. Sort of flying a little bit under the radar, kind of games. A lot of people. I remember playing the first one. I think on PlayStation Two, and it felt a lot like Shenmue to me. Um, it still,
3: it still very much has that sort of idea going on. A lot of people, when they first see it, they're like, "Oh, it's a GTA thing," but it's it's for, it's so very far from that. You know, you have that aspect of an open ish world to check out, but you know, it's it's all little contained instances of things going on, and you know, the game modes switch with every chapter. Sometimes you'll go hours without combat some of the other chapters you'll just have combat endlessly endlessly as dudes keep coming at you like a 3d streets of rage yeah so but yeah for me it's really just almost a virtual tourism aspect because you can just go and you know live and then this one being based in the 80s it obviously had my attention because you you can go into retro 80s uh, style sega arcades there's actual arcade games there's little sega genesis figurines you can collect and that really also- is
0: Mao then isn't it
3: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's all over the place as far as uh if you just want to dive into this little world um, the only thing though that's kind of getting me is i've played all of them uh, i guess except maybe the very first one so i'm waiting for them to remaster that and this is pretty much if you've played like yakuza three four five you know they're very much the same game okay. you know it, it, it hasn't really changed much at all except they've gotten a little bit of a graphical upgrade and you know they, they give a different story obviously you play some different characters but to me at least that's getting a little old but at the same time I'm just glad that it's finally getting an audience I'm hearing a lot of people playing Zero as their first Yakuza game and
1: yeah the Yakuza games have really floated to the radar for some reason like you were saying
0: as yeah. it, it may just be how japan centric a lot of them have been. Uh,
1: it's yeah.
3: extremely Japanese and yes. a lot of it even though they do a, an excellent job translating it um it's just, it's still very odd a lot of times and and that's part of the charm but it's also a bit of a hurdle I guess and you know for me it's been like almost a game that I want to support no matter what and say that they're amazing just because I want more people to buy them. but with this one, I feel like I can finally say okay, it's getting the formula is, is starting to show its age, but if it's yeah. like a game that you want to jump into and you haven't played a Yakuza game before, it's a great one.
0: I think it, I'm not sure if it's zero or like six or something that's on its way out. Um, that I saw
3: six is sort of, I don't remember which one's coming first. There's a remaster. I think of the first Yakuza coming out. Mm. I think that's the end of this yeah. year. And so that'll be cool. Um, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, right after zero, I haven't played it. And then, yeah, Six is, you know, obviously out in Japan. It's been out for a year or two. So it'll be uh, probably next year. So it's a good time to be a Yakuza fan.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I I actually heard I heard a bit about Six because there, were, there was a little um, video they put out. It's like, hey, we got a bunch of the New Japan pro wrestlers to put their moves into the game. Uh, and all the bosses use those uh, moves. Like, That's kind of neat because I just watched Wrestle Kingdom 11, which was their big, like, ja- basically Japanese WrestleMania. And like, yeah, all these guys you just saw on the stage—you can do that. You can you do their moves in the game, and you can fight bosses that do that shit. Like, that's kind of neat. That sounds, There's always uh, some pretty really awesome.
3: strange little tie-ins they have with that. Like with Five, there was a whole giant section of the game where you played a fifteen-year-old girl trying to be a teen pop idol. Oh,
1: so okay. That whole, sure.
3: just Perfect. hours and hours of the game is that. So they got, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess a bunch of local celebrities or something to do their, you know, likeness and the capturing and everything else and. Uh, I I guess it means something if you're really that into uh, the culture. I'm sure it would be something if you were local, but otherwise to me, I'm just like, wow, that's a lot of Something going on on stage. I'm really not sure what that is.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess there's the Japan centric aspect of it, isn't it? Why that series has flown under the radar as much as it has. I'm I'm glad that Yakuza 0 is getting some attention. I Mm know It it, it got my interest because like, oh, this game actually runs at 60 on the PS Pro. So, that's like two games in a few weeks that would do that because Neo being. How the fuck do you pronounce that game's name? Well, N-I-O-H. O. I've been saying Neo.
2: I think it's Neo. Neo?
0: Are we going with Neo? Uh, <laughs> sure. Where's my Neo. copy? Neo? Yes, we're going with that.
2: Neo.
3: Um, Neo. Yeah, let's just call
0: it Neo, Neo for the time being. That runs at 60 as well on PS Pro, which is lovely. I was like, yeah, oh, cool. PS Pro specifically for Yakuza
3: Zero. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to upgrade. It's going to be with this one because. I I don't know that has been something that is severely hampered, uh, especially three, four, and five on the PS3. They were kind of not pleasant to just play. They were to like play. in twenties. Yeah. Oh god, kind of break, yeah, right? uh, a lot of times. So and it helped too when it would go into something more restrictive because, like I said, it's not quite an open world. You get to a fighting section and you're just fighting. Like it'll you know closes off things and it goes into this very specific little arena that you sort of do battle in and. That helped, <laughs> but when you're in the open world, you see gaggies everywhere and his screen mm. tearing. Still get that on PS4, but not nearly as bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I bought the Pro. Is like, well, at least maybe some games will run better. They've got that boost mode in beta at the moment, which that looks is supp- intriguing. I, d- I watched a Digital Foundry video of comparison, and yep. basically the boost mode is supposed to boost up games that haven't been specifically patched to run better with the PS4 Pro. It's,
3: it's still yeah. like 5 to 10% or something like that. So it depends that on the game. Something from, yeah, yeah, I saw on that video a lot of games were like, oh, it was 55 frames. Now it's about 60, So, which is nice. I'll oh, yeah, it. it's
0: good. Yeah, it's I think um, it depends. It depends on the game, but there was showing on some games like a ten frame increase, which is a pretty impressive amount. And again, it's only supposed to really affect the ones that one are not frame locked. People like, "Well, why didn't you, why didn't they test Bloodborne?" Well, because that's locked at thirty locked, boost mode. Yeah. Boost mode may smooth out some of the frame instability that that game sometimes has, but that's about all it's going to do. It, it's so weird that they need to have a specific function. It's like this is more powerful hardware. If it was a PC. Shit would just automatically run better. As it's like, oh, you got a new graphics PC card.
3: Gamer. This whole generation confuses
0: the heck out of me. I, I don't no even kidding, understand
3: right? yeah. why we need any of this software. It's just like, you know what? It's right there. It's in front of me. You've I, got
0: I better hardware. Why doesn't it just run better? Well, that's just consoles for you. It's, it's fun but you know at least there are a few the few games we are starting to see console games with options to let you run at that mode you know neo has at least on ps4 pro has i think three different modes you can play at. action mode being the 60 frames one then there's movie mode which i laughed my ass off at that's the 30 (laughs) fps long it's more cinematic guys might as well lock it to 24 then Uh, but and then and then there was some other variable mode and i think on ps4 pro you can run it at 4k 30 or well their version of 4k which isn't really 4k but you know what i mean it's nice to get choice yeah this this is all i've ever wanted on console honestly is to be able to choose to run at a higher frame rate i don't care i could i'll run at 720p i don't give a fuck i just want it i want to feel good i don't care if it looks good it already looks worse that of course it looks worse than my pc my pc is way better but i i just want it i want those games to play well
2: i think as people see the difference on consoles because console players never had this option before i think as people see the difference pretty rare to see more and more people demanding i
0: 60. hope so i hope so i i'm trying to remember the last one that did it uh, i think it was what it was was a final fantasy f- either 11 if you go way way back or 14 had, it had a been 14 11 it must have been 14 I
2: vividly did not have it was it had was a mode 30.
0: That would run at sixty. I know that, and I think that there was like one other game like that, um, where you could do an unlocked frame rate. But I, I, I just I don't see the harm in having that option. I think the reason that they haven't done it up to this point, other than the fact it's extra work, is they're worried that someone who doesn't really know what's going on would pick it and say, "Oh, well, this game doesn't look as good now," you know, not really understanding the nature of you know higher frame rate. But I think you've got to at least. You've got to at least say to the people like, look, the options there if you want to use it just clearly explain what it does you know, say look it's it'll it'll run it'll run faster it'll it'll feel better, but it might look worse that right. I think I think you you know you're sorely underestimating the intelligence of most gamers, especially like core gamers they would just hide it away
3: somewhere you know and yeah, if you do that. look for it it's in there. I would say just stick it in the manual but games don't come
0: with manuals anymore. so no, that's you know whatever but at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jesse, the light mode for um, Final Fantasy 15 is that up front, or do you have to go hunting for that?
2: I w- am under the assumption it's not even in the game yet.
0: I know I... that it was promised, yeah.
2: but I don't think it's actually in the game I th- yet. I think it is, it but it's not the DLC.
0: 60 frames update. Like, a supposedly... Uh, from what I've heard, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think light mode is currently in, but it doesn't give you 60 FPS unlock, it does give you more frame rate stability and better frame pacing, but the the PS4 Pro patch that I think is supposed to be out this month, is supposed to do the 60 FPS mode. Yeah, um, I,
2: I, it, it might be in, I haven't been back since they uh, created the new, like, I uh, thought it's March Google now for the Chocobo update, that was supposed to be December. <laughs> which I need to do, oh my god, I need to go back.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I'll play that thing when they release that patch. I'll play that game when they do it. You know, but yeah, I, I hope you're right, Clint. That it will encourage a few more people to ca- start to care about this, and you know, have developers implement that feature. It can't be that hard. It really can't for most of these games.
3: Any yeah. programmer that I've been, you know, talked to just said it's it really is just that simple in very many cases. You know, in most
0: cases, yes. There it, is there is one some case.
3: exceptions if you have a bad engine or if it yeah. Was, are development kid- hassles and it switch studios along the way and then sure, yeah that happens a lot but it does until that you know you get to that point at this point you know there's so many things that are uh made on solid engines so it's fine whenever there's an unreal engine game on a console that doesn't have those options i don't understand that because yeah because
0: it's, built, it's in. built in yeah you literally <laughs> right. would have to go out of your way to not have that you'd have to disable would have it to specifically. literally
3: make a choice consciously to disable. Thoroughly bizarre
0: thoroughly bizarre that they would do that Yeah, we'll actually be getting on to a story in the news segment a little bit later about one very game that was a hodgepodge of code mess and all that kind of thing. An intriguing story, a a Little king story, perhaps. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the news segment, later on in the show. Yeah, that's Yakuza Zero. I'm interested to know what you've been playing for your channel over the last couple of weeks as to which games you've been delving into there on the retro side of things
3: yeah, um, well, honestly, the only one that is in the pipeline at the moment well there's two, I guess. um, I'm going to be doing a Morrowind
0: review finally. Ah, so, we will get into course, that. I've, yeah, because you've been, done a lot of the older ones, even the spin-offs as well, yeah.
3: yeah. I just finished up Redguard um, not too long ago. That was a couple of weeks back, and that was an experience.
0: yeah, wow. I've heard some strange <laughs> things about that
3: one. It's, it's an interesting one. I've been wanting to talk about it for so long, too, because not only is it a weird spin off, the only Elder Scrolls Adventure spin-off that ever saw the light of day, but it also runs like complete garbage on the GOG version. And <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot of people that they buy it and they think, oh, I could finally play this weird thing. And then they still can't. So, uh, you know, I'm like, OK, I've got the hardware. I just got to make myself sit through it. And um, it's not as bad as I thought. It's, it's just very Tomb Raider by way of Bubsy 3D and yeah. the controls are not anything the, good to there was a,
0: There was a weird like time period where I think that game came out as well, where they were turning RPGs into these weird third-person action games. It was it Crusaders of Might and Magic uh, mm-hmm. did something like that as well, and it ended up being jank as fuck, and they're like, yeah we're gonna take our RPGs and we want to go all Tomb Raider with them for some reason, because that was just the style at the time.
3: It, you know, and it would have made sense almost if Redguard were even on a console, but it wasn't. So it has these very console-like controls. It's mapped to four buttons on a keyboard. So you have multiple f- functions for four buttons on a keyboard, which makes no sense whatsoever. They could have mapped it any number of ways. but I, So I don't know if they were planning a PlayStation port or what for this game, but maybe that's kind of what it feels like. But yeah, Morrowind, I, I want to get I back to that. They
1: just announced the... Um... The Elder Scrolls Online expansion that's Morrowind.
3: Yeah, yes. they did. Yeah, and I have got that on the way specifically for the box
1: <laughs> because
3: <laughs> I just want the box. Um, I...
1: I just want to be a warden with a big old bear, bud.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, the bears <laughs> are a, a thing. For...
1: <laughs> I... Apparently up, that MMO has gotten better and better. No, I've, like, I've those really like yeah, I'm really like Yeah.
3: I've still got, like, a sealed copy I never opened. I got sent a copy when it first came out. I'm like, I just don't care.
0: That's when it first Don't came play out, I MMOs at launch, man. I it's like, yeah. no, it just
3: shit. I've made that mistake, too. The, the yeah. last mistake I made playing an MMO at launch was, I guess, The Old Republic. and
0: I think we, we all made that yeah. mistake. I'm just like, well, never
3: again. And then and now, apparently, it's getting better. So maybe I'll try more when, when that comes out. But until then, I'm playing the original because uh, I, I just, I don't know.
1: The plan for that now is... You buy the game, but there's no subscription, right? That's how it works I now?
0: think it's a buy-in, yeah. Uh, yeah. like some, some sort of... of Tamriel founder... United
2: or something like that?
0: It's like, like a, un- a bonus, right? For right? people that paid for it, and then they get... Yeah. It's the a Star-, Star
2: Wars Old Republic model. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You can Where play, but if you want to spend of play? On it, Yeah. The uh... I don't, I don't know, what was your opinion on the way that they changed that? Because like, some people absolutely hate the way that Old Republic did its new business model. I didn't have too much of a problem with it it was um it was a game i used to play called dungeons and dragons online which i still think is probably one of the best oh my God. ever.
1: yeah we started playing that at the same time we were like this is actually pretty good it's good
0: it is good <laughs> it does a lot of things differently and they did the whole um unlimited model whereby it's like oh you play for free but you got some restrictions you can have a subscription or you can just sort of if you buy enough stuff in our store we kind of give you this tier that you can use so
3: lord of the rings online was like their next one right and so that, yeah uh, they I did the that one as there. well it was a very yeah. similar idea it well, was worked out for what it was until you got to that inevitable point where it's just okay wow there's this giant area that i got to and that is the next logical step it was planned out in a way it got me uh, hooked for a couple weeks
2: yeah in star wars the, the old republic uh i can imagine starting from scratch with that model would be fine being a person who played on launch, and then going back for the newest expansion to see what that was like, the difference is, is like, it's a clusterfuck of panels and shit on your screen, because everything's like, well, do you want to unlock this, or what about this? You have all these items uh, you can't have access to, but if you want to unlock them, I'm like...
0: What?! <laughs> like, I haven't, I haven't played in a, a while. Mess. I know when they first implemented it, it seemed okay, because if you'd ever been a subscriber, you got this tier above the standard tier, which seemed like, OK, well, I'm not subscribed anymore, but I've got access to pretty much what I want here. And then the right. lowest tier was like, fuck this, like two action bars, like two. Ax- what, what kind of a restriction is that? Like, we're just going to be a giant pain in the ass to you, basically, at that point. But maybe it's got worse it since like. then. It felt yeah. like a
2: giant pain to the point where I was like, fuck it. Here's $15. I want to experience this game as I played it originally. Yeah, I don't want to hate and- it. And when that happened, I was like, okay, well, now it's it's fine. It looks way more dated than I thought. It, was, it like, looked I dated on Lord launch. Lord at... It was very yeah, plasticky.
0: It... Did you notice that? Even when it first came out, it looked... I mean, it's not like Knight of the Old Republic was much of a looker in and of itself, but the MMO in particular did not look good on launch, and it certainly hasn't aged well.
2: It, it hasn't aged well. Like, the running is like... I was like, whoa, this seems super dated. We're like, my, my Inquisitor is just like, yeah (laughs) all right then yeah it's it's weird but all the new stuff they're releasing has my interest it's just man i can't get past how just old the game feels and it's not that old which is shocking to me
0: it's they they haven't done i think a great job on keeping it looking or feeling more modern you know i think even wow which is obviously a very dated game did has done a decent job of updating aspects of it to make it look a bit more modern to make it feel a bit more modern to overhaul parts of the ui it's by no means the best looking game but it still sort of stands as like oh wow doesn't look awful like it has its own fairly unique aesthetic and it still works they just happen to have made it a bit better over the years
2: they keep updating models they keep even models that you didn't think needed an update, suddenly you're like, oh, that looks better somehow. You don't even and-
0: realize until you see it. It's like, oh, yeah, like uh, the centaur used to look like absolute shit, and now it looks a lot better. All well, that's that kind what of happens thing.
2: when you have a shit ton of money, you keep throwing it at a game. True enough, you can make yeah. it better. And I, you can understand the difference between that and Star Wars, where Star Wars, they literally stopped, like, they're like, we're just gonna make new content, but they stopped improving the core of what the game is. Sure, so okay. it yeah. Looks super dated.
0: Makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's why um, when I'm... Because I play Final Fantasy Fourteen every week, and uh, and people always wind up coming into my chat and being like, "Is this game like worth the sub?" And I can honestly say, like they constantly put out big story patches. They're constantly adding stuff, improving stuff, like they use they use your money to make sure that the game always looks good and runs good and has your sure. stuff. So right. it really does depend on what they wind up doing with that subscription if they're gonna use that model,
0: yeah. Going back to Morrowind for a second, it, it's not so much the way the game looks, because I think I still think that game looks pretty good. I mean, in terms of faces, my Bethesda's never done faces well.
2: UI? Is that what it is? It, UI? It,
0: to me, <laughs> it, to me I, I, going back to it, what makes it difficult is uh, the mechanics feel a bit archaic compared to Oblivion and Skyrim. Uh, have you found that that's an issue for you? I mean, obviously, I guess it, compares very well considering you played arena and daggerfall prior to this but yeah
3: in my perspective i try to sort of take a step back whenever i'm covering one of these because you know a lot of people will ask why are you reviewing a game that's however old when it's not even relevant anymore and things have moved on so much but i think it's fascinating to go back with that sort of modern look but also try to put yourself in the shoes of what it was when it first came out and I did play that when it first came out and I thought that it was absolutely magnificent. Now I am really getting frustrated Mm -hmm. and uh, it is, I mean, everything from the the questing journal to the navigation to cliff racers to just, you know, everything about the way that you interact with this world, it does not have that same magic anymore and, you know, maybe if I get drunk enough it would, but I I don't know what I can really do at this point to uh, make that happen again. So. I'm hoping that I don't disappoint too many people by saying, well, this doesn't really hold up how you thought. At the same time, for those people that are in that camp, uh, I want to present two sides. You know, you can have plenty of people that still like that original way of playing with all the clunky stuff. Um, or there's plenty of mods out there that have completely overhauled Morrowind to hell and back, and it's a completely different game with, uh, you know, the community that's out there. I mean, and there's there's tons of remake projects. There's still that one, I think they're trying to make it Skywind, I believe, Skywind, Sky, yes. Skywind, uh, you know. So that's a thing. And then, you know, with this Morrowind uh, Online expansion, I was reading somewhere that they actually, for the map in the MMO, they took the original Morrowind map, brought it over, and it's doing a one-to-one like recreation of it. So I'm wondering how close that's gonna be in uh, Elder Scrolls Online, if they're taking the original map, height maps and everything, and you know, just sort of redoing them. It's a neat idea i don't know if that's ever really been done before taking like a straight up old school map and then just adding a bunch of junk on top of it so
0: i think didn't they do that for far cry primal they pulled a bunch of map from far cry 4 and just uh that was re- like a, a year
3: it. old right so yeah had, at least that was the same engine and so with this it's a completely different thing i don't know it would just be way that far back just say if they <laughs> took, I don't know, Duke Nukem 3D's level and stuck it into Duke Nukem Forever. It'd arguably be a better game, but, you know, that would just been bizarre to me to see.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, uh, What I'm intrigued to know is whether or not people were very interested in Morrowind as a setting, and as a result, it you know, ASO and, of course, the Skywind mod end up being successful or whether they enjoyed Morrowind for other reasons, whether it be the quality of the questing, the quality of the writing, or maybe they're really odd and actually enjoyed the combat system, which was essentially a dice roll under every swing. It, it kind of gives this illusion of physicality and real-time combat. There's,
3: there's a mod for Morrowind that makes it one-to-one, and it just doesn't work. It, it makes it almost even more boring, which is weird, um, because it's just not made to work that way. So every uh, combat thing just becomes like, you know, if you have numbers, you're going to win. And by very long at all you do have the numbers and you can overtake just about anything so it was, it was very clearly implemented that way for some reason and it worked at the time but it, it's almost like it, taking the timer out of Dead Rising like they did for Dead Rising 4 uh-huh. you yeah. take that out of there people complained about it but then you take it out and they complain even more because well now you've taken away the identity of it and the combat you- for Morrowind is kind of similar to me uh, for some reason <laughs> that
0: does make a lot of sense i mean morrowind that i think the difference between morrowind and oblivion was you know, morrowind was more of a pure rpg oblivion was maybe when they started they kept a lot of the rpg elements but they started saying you know what want a little bit more open world action in this we want to start moving in that direction and then you see them do that with skyrim and with fallout 4 as well where they take it strip away more rpg elements and all that sort of thing and that just needs to be the direction they're going in at the moment right which evidently is not a bad thing because they're selling trillions of copies or whatever for doing it, but I think for those... works,
3: and apparently they can re-release Skyrim every few years, and it does fine too, so...
0: Evidently, yeah. There's there's a thing. Yeah, I I don't think I have the patience to go back to Morrowind at this point. It does, it feels a little, a little archaic that there's some stuff that stands the test of time, I think yeah, it's
3: just a really long game, too. Yeah, and, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I don't do these reviews very often, Can't blame I've been it. doing a lot more, you know, hardware and everything like that recently. Because, well, I don't know. Not just more people watching it, but I get more enjoyment out of it these days. Because,
1: uh, yeah,
0: I think it's a lot of the, a lot of the 3D RPGs and things like that are the ones that don't necessarily hold water and don't stand the test of time. I, I went back and played the original Fallout recently. And while, obviously, resolution-wise, it's a bit, you know, you blow it up to modern resolution, it's like, wow, I can see half the map. Everything's tiny. But it still plays well, because the, the base mechanics and the UI the UI was a bit odd. It was overly stylized. The, the
3: inventory that, is particularly strange. Yeah, a that, bit fiddly. But, yeah.
0: I remember back then when that was how UI design was done. It's like the UI must be as thematic as possible, you know, at the expense of all logical functionality if need be. (laughs) We need to have giant fucking red thematic buttons. There's got to be a flip up cap to make sure you don't accidentally press the end turn button. You've got to bring the cap up before you press it. And it's like there's a certain charm to that. And then you think about it uh, compared to modern UIs, which are all function over form. And you're like, yeah, I can understand why they moved away from that, because a lot of this was getting this was getting ridiculous. But especially with Fallout 2, I think, in particular, and Fallout Tactics as well, those those UIs were relatively good, and the combat still stands the test of time really well. The game still looks pretty good. Uh, it's, a, it's one of those nice isometric with a lot of pre-rendered assets, which do stick around quite nicely.
3: Yeah, they're still very playable. I'm surprised by the number of people that, you know, they'll go back and they've never played anything but say Fallout 4, and then they'll, you know, come back two weeks later to me and be like, wow, you were right, this is actually something that still holds up, mainly for the story. The story in those is just unbelievably cool still. Just so many variety of options and, you know, the really in-depth dialogue. I mean, even some good voice acting here and there. <laughs>
0: great. <laughs> is, great amount of choice in there as well. Very much about choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a game that I actually played. I, I, as people are probably aware, I was on the, the metal boat once again. I went on the metal cruise, 70,000 tons of metal. But that usually means, well, I've got no internet. They actually do have internet on cruise ships now. I deliberately decided not to get it. I'm like, I want four days away from the internet. Fuck the internet. Kind of glad I did. But I did. I brought a few things on my iPad to play. And I brought Banner Saga 2 along because that has a, a mobile port, which is relatively good. There's a couple of issues with it um, because, of course, it's touch control. It can sometimes get a little bit fiddly. So you've got to zoom in to, it's like, to get the precise movement and not fuck it up. And the UI is a little, uh, you know, it'd be better on a PC. But I played the whole thing start to finish. Having, uh, I beat the original Banner Saga. I hadn't touched Banner Saga 2 yet for some reason. A lot of people hadn't touched it because they hadn't even realized it came out. It had very little promotion behind it. It wasn't a Kickstarter game, so it didn't have the huge Kickstarter hype behind it, which is part of the reason why they've gone back to Kickstarter for Banasaga 3, because that actually, the Kickstarter is more of a publicity and discoverability thing, as well as it is a funding thing. But I played it, and there's a game of fucking choice. And that's one of the things I really appreciated about it. There is a ton of choice in Banasaga 2, and they have real consequences. Even up to the very last battle, there are choices not only in terms of dialogue but in terms of like these uh, these different uh, grades of failure state a lot of it is like oh you can lose a battle you can but there's going to be a consequence for that it's not just game over it's like you're gonna if you lose a battle you're gonna you're gonna suffer in some way
2: can i tell you how excited i am that you finally like made your way through that i'm like Mm. it's good I, i want people to get on this hype train it's a game that's really really good and people are just like i'll get around to playing it i'm like no play this shit don't it overlook it your mind.
3: Yeah. yeah play i've it. been in that boat for the banner saga i, I don't know why i even talked to the developers once or twice at pax and it's just oh this seems really cool so i'll have to good. look into it when i get home and then i never do and i feel it's, bad
2: now it's a game that that you need to at least start with the first one the second one i think is better than the first one but it's like i agree a, it's a it's a trilogy of games that the story is continuous through them and it's such choices a, it, matter Everything I think everything matters in this game. It's so good that I'm just like you got to play this shit You have to you can it's one of those games that down the line people look back and be like yo Did you play that that was like (laughs) it's a defining story. It's really really
0: good. Yeah playing the first one is great because There's a a lot of carryover. There's one big decision at the end of Banasaga 1 that uh, has a big effect on Banasaga 2 but there's a lot of little stuff And characters that you can get, or characters that end up dying, so they don't show up in saga two. You know, it reminds me of uh, Shining Force, the Shining Force trilogy, and uh, games like that um, that that did similar things. And obviously, number three is coming out to end the trilogy. I played two on mobile and hadn't played one on mobile, so I couldn't carry my save file over. It does let you pick the one major decision uh but obviously i missed out on having some characters and some storyline and law that and decisions that tied into the last one because i didn't have a save file to import uh so if you are going to play it do you know i'd play it on pc and uh, start with number one and go from there but i was i was really into the story because they tied it so much into decisions that you had to make as a leader and there was often not an obvious right answer That's, and
2: it's a very went wrong approach what a i don't know how to describe there's it, but, a lot of shades no, of gray no right answer yeah there's a lot of there's... shades
0: of gray in that game there are some like optimal choices that are clear like this was the right call but most of it is like i can see why you would choose that you know and th- they might penalize you in some way sometimes it's just uh okay th- get the choice which does the least damage to you you know very right. that's a very ftl like thing but there was just so much choice and so much consequence as a result and i once i'd beaten the game I went back and I read a full choice walkthrough and saw the trees and the consequences like, whoa, there was a lot more in here than meets the eye. There's it's very easy. I think to make a game with uh, the illusion of choice where none of that really matters. Banner Saga is not that game. It's not a
2: telltale game is what you're saying. No,
0: it's not. It's not a telltale game. Those decisions are going to have real fucking consequences. Sometimes it's just numbers from your party. Even then though, I felt a tinge of guilt. Like, it just is minus 15 clansmen, minus 12 fighters, minus four VAL. I always felt guilty for the VAL. It's like, fuck, these guys are on the edge of extinction. My fucking decision, five of them, more of them are dead now. I'm like, fuck! That what why did I do that? That was terrible. But of course you have to stick with the consequences of it. But the real, you know, the real consequences and stuff like that mean you miss entire sections of the game. Characters die, which have you know, there's a particular character that can die that can have a massive effect towards the end of the game if you let that character die didn't realize that shit tons of stuff happened changed the entire nature of the end game um i i I enjoyed it a lot i mean it looks great it always has the rotoscoped animation style is very unique you don't see a lot of that in games the animation has this very otherworldly almost uncanny valley feel to it as a result of that rotoscoping looks awesome there's a ton of character variety this time in terms of new classes to play um okay let's guess a minor spoiler but i ended up getting a horse person which was great, and a bear. Nice. I got a bear. Uh, I, can't, I think it was called like a gr- bone grinder or something. The bear. So I was pretty, pretty uh, happy about that. Bears but are hot right now. They are. They're, that's a that's a big thing. That's going to be. It's going to be over the, the bear this year. I can guarantee it. It. Uh, the combat still got that weird thing about it that some people don't like, where HP and and attack power are the same. So if your strength goes lower, you you don't hit as hard. Which makes logical sense, but simultaneously some people argue it's like, this feels terrible when you've got a guy that's almost useless as a result. It's like, oh, he's on one strength, so he can barely hit anything. All he can do is armor breaks or maybe a special ability or something. But I find because of the amount of class variety in Banasaga 2, that becomes less of a problem because there's a lot of classes that are much less reliant on having a lot of strength and can just do useful abilities and support stuff and all that kind of thing. It's hard, too. Like, it's a difficult game um, in order to do the battles properly. And there's consequences for having people get knocked down as well. So, yeah, I played the whole thing start to finish. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. And if you haven't played the original Banner Saga, then fucking play the original Banner Saga. Play number two. A lot of people are overlooking it. You shouldn't be overlooking it. It's it's better. Uh, you, you, I... get, you also get to play two, two different parties of people on two different separate uh, but connected stories as well, which is great. Because that gives you a lot more combat variety. Like, then there's one guy where you're probably going to want to make the nasty, like, mean decisions. Because his guys will respect him for doing that. And it's out of character if he doesn't. So I found that to be a nice little change.
2: Yeah, this is definitely a straight up play the character kind of game. Like, figure out what your character is and play it that way, and you'll have a much more fun experience. Yeah, It's
0: role playing. It's d- legitimate role playing, but it's not role playing. You get to do whatever you want, kind of role playing. It's no, no, you are role playing a specific character. And if you act out of character, you'll probably get some optimal results. Not always, though. There are, right. there's even achievements for like softening up a character and stuff like that. It's like, hey, yeah, you made that person feel a lot better, and they didn't expect that because you're a big meanie usually, and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of the time, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Well, you've turned it, you've lost your, uh, you've completely lost your edge or whatever. And people just start pro- uh, protesting with you. Yes, uh, Dodger's audio is fucked, by the way. We're fixing it out. We're fixing it during the break. If you hadn't figured it out, it's like, why is Dodger not talking? Like, no, she, uh, Mike, Mike went out. We're going to fix that in a couple We've of minutes.
2: silenced her permanently from the show.
0: She persisted. Yeah. Terrible, really. It's terrible. Indeed. She's nasty impugning movie. the character of others. Just terrible. And she persisted. But that game is great. Uh, obviously, if you pick it up on mobile, it's cheaper. I found it playable on iOS with a big screen. I wouldn't play it on a phone because those little tiles, there's a lot of little tiles. You're going to be doing a lot of pinch yeah. zooming in order to not fuck it up. And since it doesn't have an undo button, mis- tapping can actually lose you a fight. I've restarted several fights because I've mistapped. i like, well... Uh, my main guy's going to die now. I best restart the fight. You know, that's not even an XCOM style thing where it's like, hey, that's XCOM. You just deal with it. It's like, no, 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 no. This was, I fucked up because the screen's too small. I'd still play it on PC, but it's it's a really good portable game though, no doubt. Uh, so yeah, have a look at Banner Saga 2 and obviously Banner Saga 3 currently in crowdfunding has passed its goal. Is currently working on stretch goals. So hopefully that does well. I think there's still 20 days to go for funding that. So there's obviously still... There's definitely still interest in Banner Saga, even though number two didn't sell that well because people are throwing money at it, obviously. So it yeah. seems to be the way to go. We're having a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the games that we've been playing this week. We'll hopefully try and fix Dodger's microphone in the process. You're watching the Corruptional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the co optional Podcast. I'm back. Great. Yo. Fixed it. Yeah.
1: Hello, everybody. I know you've missed my dulcet tones.
0: Official endorsement. Don't, don't buy Scarlet Audio Interfaces. They oh
1: My God, it's just been I don't know if it's the cord or if it is the interface. I'm just not sure. But
0: we've gone through three good. of those things. Like they really apparently a lot of the the audio interfaces in the kind of hundred and fifty to two hundred dollar range, because they're very they're very competitive price wise and they're very low margin, have a tendency to break. Um well, as it turns out.
3: Yeah, I've actually gone through two of them, and I just used them for those cassette decks back
0: then. There you go.
2: They, they wow. don't do anything with them except take. Let, let, let me tell you guys the exact same thing. I have uh, a Scarlet – I have a big Scarlet one, and uh, it's it's a much more pricier version. And while I haven't had anything break, I have had 100%. It's much quieter, as you've probably noticed recently. Mm-hmm. But also, more importantly, it has an issue with – uh, my internal capture card. In that, whenever I try to capture audio from Skype, there's a like
0: ah, in the background. So, yeah.
2: I'm like, maybe Scarlet just ain't the way to go, Internet. I'm yeah. like, You're honest. Hey, you want another way to go? The way to go.
0: You go. You go that way. Uh, I
2: mean, I want that so badly. I'm in. That's. I mean, happen. you
0: could, This one's a bit dented, as you can notice. I put a notch as to where the volume's supposed to be for for recording. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I mean, this is this. I think is five. This is my five-year-old baby face. I finally. Traded it in for the Babyface Pro, which is sitting on over there. Mostly because I couldn't allow Crendor to have better audio gear than me. That doesn't seem right somehow.
2: Crendor has a Babyface Pro?
0: He does. Yeah. He's got a Babyface Pro and I think an SM7B. So he's packing. Who is
1: this guy? guy? Crendor's packing, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. You What's know, it's happening? Very, uh, I mean, it is a bit pricey, uh, we're, but. Uh, gonna play some. Uh, uh, and... <laughs> it's the only
0: way you can get his um, good astonishingly good. ASM, all up. You ASMR, all up. ASMR tones. Yeah, he's too quiet for any other interface. That's why. Uh, But yeah, d- be careful with your interfaces. Don't necessarily buy cheap because they do have a tendency of breaking quite often. Uh, the wife's gone through three of them and is just i think gonna steal my old baby face at this point because she's sick of it <laughs> all right uh let's get back on to games that we have been playing uh i have a... one. Uh, yeah go for it
1: uh i played a uh, short point and click uh story game called the frost rune
0: the frost i've is this on mobile? Ran? I thought the I thought Frost I saw this on mobile ran. as well, maybe it's on Steam as well. I, I I had stumbled across this and then realized that was a point and click, so I probably won't like it,
1: yeah. It's funny because i was I was looking at the pictures for it when it first came out, and it looked like it was a hidden object game. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to play a hidden object game. Like normally they don't. Even if they have story, the times where you're supposed to just sit there and find objects is so jarring. You know, the story doesn't feel like it's flowing right. Oh, interesting. Um, but the imagery in it was so cool that I was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it out. I'm going to try it out. And it, it's not a hidden object game at all. Um, the storyline is that you are a 13-year-old girl who is shipwrecked. You're the only person who lives through this big shipwreck. And the island that you land on um, is undergoing like a magical frost and the whole island is starting to freeze over, um, specifically where there are like sacred um, stones and things. And you are visited by the dead seer who used to live on this island and, and she kind of like tells you what's going on and basically that you're the only living person left so you're like the only person who could potentially like reverse the frost it's cool it was a really really cool. the music gorgeous the the pictures and like the imagery in it really really cool i liked it it only took me like i'm trying to think i think like two hours maybe something like that it's short but uh it sounds like they want to make a series of them and it, it was cool
0: speaking
2: of uh games that age well Show yes. point
1: and clicks. Point <laughs> yeah. and clicks. Point and clicks. You know yes what? No. No.
0: Yes and no. Yes and no. I will disagree with you on a certain point. I, I think that you can definitely still a go back and point
1: pl- and yeah. click.
0: Ah, <laughs> ah! You you can definitely go back and play a point and click, mostly because that you know they have very simple mechanics and interfaces. It's pointing and clicking. Most of the time, that bit is relatively logical, although not always. I'll say that. There are some particularly older ones that aren't. The problem I have with point and clicks is moon logic. The fucking uh, late 80s, early 90s trend of moon logic has not aged well. That stuff makes no fucking sense. Uh, uh, the Discworld games in particular are unbelievably guilty of moon logic to the point where most of the time you're using a walkthrough to figure it a lot was, of that out. There um,
3: a really interesting video by pushing up roses on that exact topic like a week or two uh, ago where do you think
0: i got the term from i'm pretty sure yeah i stole that from from there you go you've properly accredited it thank god you're here because i couldn't remember where i'd seen that i knew i didn't come up with that phrase myself someone else coined that one
3: (laughs) yeah she was talking about you know how it really did change in the whole atmosphere of what people thought about point-and-click games and what was attractive about them and you know everything from the dollar value going in and you know just a I don't know, the the designers thinking that it was a good way to pad out things, but also being something that was not necessarily off-putting for a long time.
2: You know what? You're absolutely right. I have the perfect example of this. Uh, Last night, when I got back from my travels, uh, the Scary Game Squad gang and I got together, and we played through the new mode of Resident Evil, which is this, essentially, it's a uh, first-person escape room point-and-click. Pretty much what it is. Uh, You're stuck in a room and you have to get out before you're detected, right? And so you go through all these processes. Anyway, the whole point of it, much like a point and click, is that you are um, discovering a certain thing, finding its use, and then using it, and then sort of manipulating the world around it with this item, right? There is a moment in this thing, and I won't spoil it because a video is coming, but like, there's a moment where there's an item that you need. We could not find. There was nothing directing you to it. But when we did find it, it was just a hidden item, and it, and then, and then it suddenly unlocked all this stuff. But there was no clue, and it was the only thing with no clue. And and unless you randomly stumble upon it or had a walkthrough, I don't know how you would find this shit. And it, and it bugged me so much. Because the rest of the game was so much polished, like more polished than this one item, hmm. that going back, it reminds me of those point and click moments where it's like, how the fuck would I ever know that? And when we finished it, my whole impression of this one new DLC was like, that shit was amazing, but that item, fuck that. Like, that is, I will, that will bug me forever because it's a no, it was pointless to be where it was. And to have, like, it didn't make sense with the rest of the game. And it took you out of it. And so I understand completely what you're talking about right now.
3: It's talking about games like Frost Rune, too. I, I wonder if, you know, because that, that's a, a hidden object thing. I'm wondering if the popularity of those rose in conjunction with the depopularity of Moon Logic. Because Possibly. there's very little of that, I think, at least from the ones that I've played that are more uh, hidden object things. Like, I mean, <laughs>
0: it literally is just finding objects. Sure. Yeah, there isn't a lot of moon logic in those games. I, I think that what we probably saw is we, we had the golden age of point and clicks, mostly, you know, the LucasArts 1, Scum VM uh, and all that kind of stuff that you can still play and are still very good to this day. The, you then had a fall off in that, but coming from that, you had a couple of different schools of thought as to how to keep doing point and clicks. One of those schools of thought was hidden object. It was to take aspects of point and click, take away the moon logic and turn it into- it was like pixel
3: hunting, turn get, into a full yeah, game.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. That's absolutely what it was. And then you had the more Telltale approach, which you know, Telltale's a great case study in it because they started by making point and clicks, specifically remakes of Monkey Island and Salmon and Max. And then they went, they deviated even further from that like they they were like the intermediate step, and then they went full telltale, which is the narrative QTE uh, dialogue choice-based games that they now do. So they've done they've kind of been on both sides of the fence, and that now you have uh, these uh, more traditional point-and-clicks, which honestly never really went away. There were still European companies making them. Day lick has published a ton of them. You know, you're talking about things like the Whispered World. You're talking about Deponia uh, games like that. Uh, there's quite a few, and that were still being made. So I don't think point and click seven necessarily went away but they did fragment into different subgenres. And I think you're right that the hidden object the rise of hidden objects did come along with the fall of the traditional moon logic kind of game. Uh, uh if you but- if you do want to watch the moon logic video by the way I'd highly recommend it. Uh, it's by uh, Pushing Up Roses as you mentioned. It's called Did Moon Logic Kill Adventure Games. Go and have For a in, quick look at that. In the
2: chat and and people who are watching who are like what the fuck is moon logic? It literally is just a puzzle that is uh, like it's an illogical puzzle that is made to frustrate you and and stretch out the length of the time of the game and not really be something that is a logic like you'd ever jump to that conclusion it's it's like a twisted warped conclusion of what you know you as a player would understand that's how
1: all sorry i know that i probably still sound like a robot actually you sound fine, fine, you sound fine now sound fine great strange um, that, that's how all like early point and clicks used to be for the most Mostly. part
2: right a great example, like King's Quest, for example. I don't remember which one it was. One of them had a a, a point and click thing where you had to find a like a girdle, but it was behind the actual scenery of the game. Uh-huh. So you had to like break Fourth the logic breaker. of the game to find it, which is like, what the fuck? How would you ever know that? It, that used to happen all the time.
0: Yeah, Discworld, yeah. the t- the three Discworld games, Discworld One, Two, and Noir. they're all great, but. One in particular is,
3: as far as moon logic, I mean, you know, the frog puzzle and everything like that, the the weird bending of just space-time to even solve that.
0: Even if you understand the Discworld lore a lot, and Discworld is fucking weird in and of itself, you still wouldn't get the puzzles. Like, that doesn't help at all. I did almost the entire game on Sega Saturn with a walkthrough, just simply because I wanted to experience the voice acting and the experience of Discworld. And I was fine doing that. I didn't. I didn't need uh, to play you know, and figure the puzzles out, and I would have never figured them out anyway. They were fucking ridiculous. By the time we got to Noir, it got a bit less insane, but those games in particular, Grim Fandango has tons of Moon Logic Grim in Fandango it. Fandango
1: has yeah. tons of that shit.
0: Yeah, it's you've, you've got to watch out for that, and, and it's not. It's not just you only get this if you understand the world and the references. It's beyond that. Like I said, it's just to the point where unless you are exactly in the head of the designer, you will never figure this shit out been a million years. It's it's just not it's you're not in the same wavelength.
3: Too to think about at least for me when uh, you know I look back at all these game boxes that I had, especially from Sierra and Lucas Arts, and they had in there the little package um, ad that says, okay, well, you're stuck. Call our hint line. Pay a lot of money to figure this stuff out. And then once everybody got the internet, those were obsolete, and those puzzles started to go away. There's this really interesting trend all along that spectrum, I think, and really culminating in hidden object puzzles, which I've never really been into hidden object except for one exception really is the virtual reality. Uh, There's a few VR hidden object games that I've played. That that is really fascinating. And so, I would
1: probably have a lot of fun with yeah. that. <laughs> so
3: imagine, you know, in a frost room, but you're there in first person looking around instead of, you know, whatever else. And uh, it's it's a really cool idea. There's some of them for Gear VR as well as the Vive and whatnot. So I think that there's still a lot of potential to the even to be unlocked within hidden object stuff. A lot of people discard that as sort of a non-game, but I think it's a really fascinating idea that, you know, it's getting better. <laughs>
1: yeah well that's why I was so excited when I started to see um VR escape room games but I have yet to play one that really makes any sense or is like kind of clean to play I guess
2: you would love the new DLC for Resident Evil it's not like a scary mode it's straight up the whole premise is you are trapped in a room and uh the, the mom is, is like, has you chained to a bed and you need to escape the bed and figure out a way out of the room. But she from time to time comes back in to check on you and you oh need God. to set everything out back the way it was and then get back in bed. No, thank you. She... That sounds oh.
1: terrifying. I don't want to do that.
2: it isn't like um it isn't like uh. she like just shows up and is like, gotcha, it, a timer comes on. So if you have one minute before she goes back in the room, you can hear her coming up the stairs. So you have to like reset things and then get back into bed. And then she looks around the room and she's like, i wonder if anything's different here so it's not like a scary mode it's a more challenging puzzle mode so it's escape room plus she's uh, eventually checking in on you so you have to make sure you're outsmarting her but there are also things where it's like you have to be very careful about what you do you don't want to like jam anything or rip anything or tear anything or break anything because it's like oh she will notice that shit it's a very interesting mode it might be one of like the coolest things i've seen in a long time in a game i kind of love it
0: yeah, it's it's interesting that we're seeing that coming back in there. Uh, but I tell, you, I tell you this for a fact, I have no interesting student to play point and clicks. I do love watching people play point and clicks, especially those that know what they're doing. I'll watch a straight up... Uh, I mean, I, I always recommend to people go watch on YouTube, assuming that it hasn't been taken down Grim Fandango, the movie, which is just somebody with yep. no commentary playing it and nailing every puzzle perfectly because that is a very enjoyable movie. The dialogue is great. The stuff that happens on screen is great. I just don't want to play that. I want to watch it. That's I don't I don't want to be the one trying to figure that out for eight hours. That's just fucking annoying at that point.
3: See, I've always heard though that the Grim Fandango was less more uh, less moon logicy, I suppose. You know, more, uh, Com- more oh, compared more, to no, maybe,
0: maybe compared was, to something like Day of the Tentacle. Compared, maybe
3: compared to the older ones. I mean, but... like I have played through Day of the Tentacle. I have still never played Grim, but I've heard that that one is like more approachable, I guess. Except for maybe the tank control. Grim is
1: really you know? like. The humor in Grim is fantastic. Um, I, I think that there are there are elements to Grim Fandango that keep you wanting to play it, so you yes, won't give It's up compelling, on it as best, no But uh, it has plenty of stuff where you're like, that wasn't intuitive at all. No, it's not. It's a matter has... of
0: degrees, you know? It's a matter of degrees. The, compared to some of the really old stuff, I mean like you have a full throttle Day of the Tentacle and some of the Simon the Sorcerer games. Yeah, it's probably less moon logic, but that doesn't mean there's no moon logic in it. There's plenty. and It's it's as annoying and frustrating, I think, uh, especially these days. Uh, it c- can be a bit of a pain in the ass. All right, well, there you go. Maybe just play hidden object games. I mean, there's a reason why <laughs> hidden object games are so popular, incredibly I, popular genre. I, Most...
3: The reason that I've even touched a couple of them is because, wow, you know, I, I actually feel like I might have a little bit of patience for this, where I yeah. feel like I ran out of patience for a lot of point and clicks around Leisure Suit Larry 6 or something like that. So Often depends you know on what? theme.
2: Speaking you know. of Leisure Suit Larry, God bless you. Do we have games. to? Do we logic, have to? The mood logic <laughs> in those games is insane, but because oh you're like a 14-year-old boy, you're like, I don't care, I'm finding them boobs. Oh I don't dear. care how I get to them. <laughs> that <was here> to <laughs> that was it. I
0: remember the later games, they <laughs> exactly basically just mostly it turned it into like QTEs and like reflex puzzles for the most part because they were like, yeah, no, no one's playing this game for the puzzles. Let's be honest with it.
2: I don't care how I get to them boobs, but I'm going to do it. I'm just going to throw items at the screen. I'll get I, there.
0: I think with um, with hidden object games in particular, maybe the reason we don't play more of them is that most of them are not marketed towards us as more core gamers. They realize that there's a sh- massive market amongst older people. A lot mm. of them are marketed towards women in particular, are more casual gamers. So the themes that they use are often the ones that are more appealing to them as opposed to that would be more appealing to us. So that's probably why we don't play as many of them and why when I have tried to play them, I think I did a video a couple of years ago on House of a Thousand Doors. I'm like, this is Cheeseball who would play this. And then I realized, wait a minute, this is exactly the sort of stuff my mother-in-law watches on television. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, you know, the whole murder mystery and everything and the theme and the like, the, the you know, the crazy old woman psychic and everything. This is this is just what she watches on Hulu. No wonder this is the market that they're aiming for here. And yeah. it's all. It's interesting to see that because I think for the longest time we've always assumed as core gamers where the guys were always going to be marketed to and appealed to. That's not really necessarily been true for the last 10 years or so. There's this huge selection of games on mobile and on PC, on on Facebook, on social media platforms that were not marketed towards us, and that's totally cool.
1: Yeah, I feel like Farmville was the start of a lot of that. I think it's like, holy shit, moms are a market. Moms will play this shit. Yes. Um, My mom does uh, a Sudoku puzzle and a crossword puzzle every single morning. Uh And both of those have, you know, like ads for different games to potentially play. And every time a hidden object game one pops up, she's like, This looks so fun. Do you think I should try it? I think that I might try this. It just looks so cute. I they
0: know they're days, marketing to.
1: One of these days, I'm going to hit that <laughs> ad because that looks like a fun game. And I'm like, Shit, it works. They know.
0: I, I went through that experience with uh, my mother, actually. And I was able to sort of direct her based on what she'd played through like Facebook and stuff to. Stuff that's a bit closer to core that was still interesting to her, but it was very interesting to find out what was a hit and what was a miss with her. Like I, I, I propose her a bunch of different games every time she comes over. I always recommend her stuff and like download stuff onto her phone. Sometimes it works. Sometimes she doesn't like it. I, I was very surprised to see that she didn't like Eighty Days, for instance. You know, I thought she, as someone that really she loves reading and stuff. I like thought, hey, Eighty Days will be very appealing. She didn't, didn't like it at all. Um, because and her logic for that was if I, I don't. I don't want a text heavy game if I want to read I want to read. I don't want uh, sort of reading to be heavily involved in the game and she's not big into the whole choice consequence thing apparently. Nice. I thought that was interesting. But you know I had her playing the original puzzle quest which she still loves and still plays a lot. Um she played uh, I got her playing a ton of peggle and she played Plants vs Original Plants vs Zombies and things like that as well. And there's a bunch of stuff on iOS which is really neat. Uh, she loved um what was the name of that game a few years ago that was uh, where you sort of slid the uh, landscape around? It was very, very M.C. Escher-esque. Oh,
3: shoot. Echo Chrome?
0: It wasn't that. Uh, It won a bunch of awards and did really well. Monument Valley. Monument Valley. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. She liked that. And there was another one quite recently, which was sort of a twist the level around to direct the robot to its destination game that she liked that was quite similar to that too. Uh, but it, it is always intriguing to see where the crossover points are and which game, you know, can you bring someone who's quintessentially an older casual gamer into the more core market and where, which are the titles that work and which don't. It's fascinating.
3: Mm.
0: Pretty cool. Um, yeah, there you go. So that's, there's a random section of moon logic for whatever reason. yeah <laughs> Uh, did play a couple of other things. Uh, I played a iOS version of a board game, a board game which I've been very interested in and I just ordered today because I played the iOS version on the boat and very much enjoyed it. And it's called Potion Explosion. Uh, won,
1: okay. so won it-, a,
0: it won a bunch of awards, apparently, last year. It's like, hey, this is, you know, uh, one of the really great new board games. As you're probably well aware, for the last few years, we've been having a real renaissance in board gaming. It's become far more popular. There's some amazing board games coming out right now. Absolutely huge and potion explosion got an ios version so I thought hey i'll play on that because those versions are often great for teaching you how to play the game nice and easily i'm a very visual learner not much of a
1: find
0: it. can't really yeah uh, i don't know if it's on uh oh uh, there it is you can find it yeah. so it's a puzzle board game essentially uh you can probably it's a bit it's a little bit match three a little bit but not much So the idea is that you're trying to gather the ingredients to brew potions, and you've got two potions at a time that you're supposed to brew with different colors. The way that you get them is you can grab one of the little marbles. In the physical version, it's a marble set up with, like, sliders and stuff, which is pretty cool. You pick the colored marble, and it goes on your potion. And once you've got all the ingredients, you can brew up the potion, you mix it up, you gain points for that potion, and you gain an effect that you can use once per game from the potion. Basically, you get to drink the potion and do shit. However... To gain resources much, much faster, you can cause potion explosions, which is if you remove a marble from a vertical row and it causes two or more of the same color to connect, it causes an explosion, which means you also get those marbles and you can cause chain reaction and stuff like that. And combine that with using potions to your advantage to gain different colors, and you can also store different colors in your, there you go, There's your potion explosion. You can store uh, up to three colors in your little storage files every turn for next turn and stuff like that. And you've got what's a really interesting competitive puzzle game of sorts, which has shades of match three, but a ton of strategy, and it's competitive with up to four players. And I enjoyed the hell out of that. I played a few rounds with Jen, and she enjoyed it a lot as well. And I can see why it's a very appealing board game, It's nice to have it on iOS because it manages, like, a lot of the the busy work.
1: Finicky stuff, yeah.
0: But I think almost the physical busy work might be part of the appeal because of the way that the uh, physical board game is set up. Uh, Let me see if I can pull up a video of the physical board game because you'll probably see immediately why this is appealing because it's set up on this really cool wooden potion rack um, and the marbles sort of slide down. All right, here we go. Uh, this is from uh, Watch It Played, which is a great board game channel. And this is what it looks like. It's all in like this really awesome chest. And you put marbles in the top. And as you take a marble out, it everything rolls down. So I think the physicality aspect of it may very well be one of the cool bits of the actual game itself. It may very well add to the experience. Because mm. it's cool to watch the things slide down and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so the iOS version's great it's really good you can play against ai and there's missions and you can play online or you can do hot seat play as well but i think the physical version is probably quite appealing too so i ordered that as well uh so yeah really really awesome game a lot of fun
2: that's super neat i love how it actually is like it very much resembles the digital version in the fact that like yeah you have marbles that's cool i think that's, that's pretty nice
1: it looks like it's probably like once you start playing it it's pretty simple too.
0: By principle it is, yeah. the. I mean, really, the. what you can do every turn is you take a marble. That's your basic turn action. You can also, I believe it is limited per game, you can um, ask for help, which means you lose two points, but you get to take another marble, but that marble will not cause an explosion. So you've got to figure out, okay, what order do I do these actions in? Because you can use your potions as well to cause things to happen. You can use as many potions as you want every turn, but you can only use each potion once per game. But they generally don't cause explosions either. So in order to get the maximum number of the right ingredients or deny ingredients to your opponent, because of course you know what they're trying to make, so you can deny them colors as well, you need to do things in the right order. It's procedural in that respect. If you do things in the wrong order, then you end up with a suboptimal result. But that's, like, almost every board game and card game and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. And it's a re- it's good. I do like playing it single player because you don't have to wait for the other guys to think about what they're doing. You could spend a lot of time looking. It's like, well, oh, but if I do this, if I do this, I think that could slow the game down a little bit. But playing against AI, of course, they never wait. So that's great fun. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a worthwhile pickup on iOS. It's a nice, nice setup. I don't yeah. know if there's a PC version yet. They might port it, but... Yeah, Potion Explosion. Pretty great.
1: Fan of that one. Um, I finally finished Sherlock Holmes and the Devil's Daughter. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: Can I just point out, one, I was forced to watch you.
0: Uh, <laughs> I know! <laughs> wait, and, how, and, what do you mean, forced to watch her, exactly?
2: One, uh, one day, uh, Layla was like, hey, I'm gonna watch a stream. I was like, okay and it was Dodger and she just cranked the volume up so loud that literally nothing could drown it out. So I gave up and lost the will to fight back and watch. Here's what I'll say though. Here's what I'll say though. Boy, are you just the light. Man, I just you are, There are some moments where I, I truly understand why I get messages that are like, you suck, you're so bad at games. Like I understand that now because when you're not in the heart of it playing, there, yeah. was, you, there was a puzzle you were at where I was like, just turn the fucking right. Oh my God. I'm I know. Like,
1: yeah. You like started texting me being like, I love you, but holy fuck. I, can I please just show you how to do this puzzle? And I was like, Jesse, you are literally Twitch chat, but you're able to text me.
2: Like, please don't do this to me. So I had to be like, but I love you though. But I love you. But I love you. <laughs> but like, but, but I, besides that,
0: kind of, I kind
2: of get why like people like watching you. You silly Aww, goose. You're thanks. super fun. But Aww, it, I, yeah, I watched you play that shit. And was like, yo that game's fucking cool i might actually have to give it a try even though i know how all the end puzzles work <laughs>
1: it's okay it's like my huge problem with that game because it is it is definitely the cleanest sherlock holmes game that Frogwares has made like by far um for some reason sherlock holmes looks younger and younger and younger in each of their games whatever i'm not gonna question it he's like a benjamin button but um the thing that bothers me the most about that game and i'm not i'm not I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything by saying this, is that there are multiple times in that game where something like supernatural happens and they never explain how. And I'm like, this is a fucking Sherlock Holmes game. You have to explain why this shit happened. Like, they there are so many moments Here's- where something happens and then they're just like, well, I guess that's just magic and I'm like no (laughs) no Sherlock Holmes doesn't believe in fucking magic to explain to me why this happened
2: here's all you need to know about this game Uh, okay in this game there's a moment where Sherlock's like I have to figure out what happened at the ancient uh, Aztec temple or whatever it is and in his mind palace recreates an ancient Aztec temple and then runs through all the traps like mini games and shit you're like why would this ever take place in his mind? You were freaking out, it was so
1: funny. It was like, it doesn't make sense. Why would this be happening? Why is this part of this game? And yeah, this was also, I think if I remember correctly, this is the first time that they've had a game where it's like, yeah, there are the normal puzzles where it's like you're lock picking or you're figuring out how to get into a chest and all that shit. But then they also every now and then would be like, now we're going to do cover mechanics. Somebody's shooting at you. And you'd be like walking along and hide behind a rock and then walking along and hide behind a rock. And it would go on for like minutes. This wasn't like a short thing. This was like, oh my God, it never ends, sort of a thing. (laughs) And that happened more than once. I was like, don't, why is this a thing? And part of me is like, okay, Frogwares has made so many of these Sherlock Holmes games, right, like eventually they have to start being like, let's try out something new. I get it, but oof, oof guys don't cover mechanics don't do that don't do these weird mini games that are like pretending this is an action game it's not i just
3: yeah and crimes and punishments as well it wasn't it doesn't sound like it was that extreme but there were a couple of moments in there too where it's just all of a sudden you're ducking behind cover and shooting like a crossbow and a gun it's just like why yeah out of absolutely nowhere and it does seem like it goes on forever
1: yeah, Crimes and Punishments was another one where they, like, started to do that sort of stuff, but not nearly as much. Yeah. Um, this most recent one was infuriating. And and again, there were plenty of things about it that were really fun. It was much more polished. Um, but <laughs> there were so many times in every single investigation where I was going, Why? <laughs>
3: Can you at me. least still take him to the wardrobe and play dress up for however you long can. you want? Oh, good. I
1: created an alter ego every time the game would be like, you need to get into costume. I yeah. created an alter ego that That's I would part. literally always dress up as named Bert Magnum. Oh my. <laughs> I would, you know, pretend to be Bert Magnum. I,
2: I, I, again, this is another one of those things where <laughs> you won me over. When you first started, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Dodger. By the end, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Burt Magnum
1: back <laughs> again. Oh dear! I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself, especially since you had no choice, but <laughs> zero choice. But you know what? A,
2: a Stockholm syndrome set in, and I, it became fine. It became
1: Great. fine. Good. I'm so glad. Uh, yeah, but I think that that's pretty much all that I've played. I haven't. I haven't played very many new. Oh, I actually I started that. Um, what's that game called? Just a normal phone. Normal lost phone. I started oh, normal lost that. phone. Yes. Yeah. That's that game cool. is it is cool It is a lot of reading that game is a reading game mm-hmm. um, Which a lot of a lot of those like you're on a cell phone the entire time games are because it's like you're You're going through all of their text messages all of their emails like what apps do they have like finding clues and all of that It is a ton of reading, but um so far so far I I'm enjoying it, but it's slow because again you have to read everything <laughs> Otherwise you're gonna miss something. (laughs) So they start you off with like thirty different text conversations that you can read through and I was like, damn, okay. Let's do this. But um that game is like what was it, like fourteen bucks? Something like that. So I'm I'm gonna be curious to see whether or not it's worth fourteen bucks. Dude got really good reviews.
2: Did I know you played it, so I'm sure you know how it progresses, but one shot
1: yes uh
2: that game is super interesting and like incredibly meta and fun but mm-hmm. how long is that game because the i played through about an hour and mm-hmm. story-wise i was like oh shit!" there's probably a lot more to go but everyone i've heard says it's like a two-hour game is it a long game
1: i uh, i think it took me like three
2: interesting all right yeah uh for
1: those who Um, don't know
2: one shot is the same feeling (laughs) yeah one shot is a game that is an adventure rpg without combat i guess is a good way to describe it where you're solving puzzles and interacting with characters but
1: it's another one of it's another game that's like super meta in weird ways though too
2: yeah it's a game where you the player are god so like the main the character characters when are the main aware character
1: you.
2: <laughs> yeah when the main character talks like she's like jesse are you there i'm like hey what's up she's like i don't know how to solve this like what do i do and you're like well i guess i could help you and there's literally a moment where i think you use a guide or you can look something up and she's like how did you figure that out and, and you can say i went online and looked this up or you can be like <laughs> I'm God, and I know what I'm doing.
1: It's yeah, a, that's it, one of the things that I really love is you could either be really honest, like, I'm playing a video game right now, or you could be like, yeah. I am God, and I created this world.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's such an interesting game. Like, it's a, it's a game where I'm convinced, like, I haven't beaten it yet, but I have, like, a I know where this game's headed kind of moment, but I probably don't. But it's, like, a game where the fact that you're playing a game, but also the game interacts with you, the player, and is like, mm. hey you know, I bet there's an answer to this somewhere on your computer now. And you're like, what? Yeah. I I like shit like that. I think it's very, very creative the way that this game, Uh, I, I, I love, look, indies, indie developers keep on being creative. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everyone loves a 2D platformer, but man, if you can make it a little bit more interesting, that. Would I be don't soft.
0: think everyone does love a 2D platformer, especially Everybody, not now. Everyone I, in
1: the world loves the 2D platform. I was ah. being sarcastic. <laughs> well, know, like,
3: 3D platformers. Could you imagine 3D platformers?
0: Man, yeah, what an well, amazing serious? idea. Yeah. I actually Where would did like they all those go? to come back. Yeah, well, and not knack. Ukulele's me. gone gold, so I guess we'll see how yeah. that one goes. Hopefully, that yeah. one goes well. Uh it's, I played a little bit of Neo, little bit, not much. I, I've been watching probably more than I've played it so far. I watched JP stream quite a lot of it.
1: Yeah, I've watched a decent number of people play it. It
0: is, I, I, I mean, so far I'm, I think it's pretty good from what I can tell. Uh, it seems like a bit. It's, it's a very Soulsborne esque game. You know, it's all in the vein of Dark Souls. Soulsborne. a little quicker
2: oh my gosh so
0: that's the that's the <laughs> thing we call soulborn so yeah soulsborn has been a thing for a while come on give, give also me, also give me a bit of a if there's a
2: person born in the next 20 years named Jebediah Soulsburn i would be souls- so disappointed oh dear oh Jebediah Soulsborn runs the mansion down the road haunted shit oh that's a movie make it happen
0: it's uh so far it seems fine it seems a little a little faster than most of the souls games the weapons don't seem to have quite as much heft, although maybe I just haven't got one heavy enough yet. Uh, a lot of them seem a little bit quicker than they would be with the Dark Souls equivalent of it. There seems to be a little bit less reliance on heavy stat management and things like that. I, if there is a weight system, I haven't found it yet. I certainly haven't like it hasn't said, oh, you're you're carrying too much, so you your stamina is draining or whatever. Maybe it's in the game, maybe it's not. They seem to have kept most of the things which people enjoy from the souls games a lot of you know the big levels big exploration gearing up and that kind of thing the combat while it doesn't maybe weigh as much as the souls games is very very dodge focused very much you get hit a couple of times you can very easily die Um, Oh yeah. regular mobs can give you real quick so you got to watch out for that but i like the theme i the idea it's actually based on a real historical figure well, Pill's like, "Oh, he's like uh, he looks like the Witcher uh, guy." Like, nice. So, uh, based on uh some of the called the Western Samurai. Uh, what was his name? Uh, I'm looking at
2: the Western Samurai. It was
0: not Gerald. The Western Samurai. No, not no, the, last the last samurai.
1: samurai. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Go fix your crackle, damn it. Uh he was called William Adams. Fix your crackle. F- fix your crackle. William <laughs> girl, that,
1: fix your crackle.
0: Uh, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that's gonna hashtag fix your crackle. Fix it's gonna be fix your crackle. <laughs> fix your crackle. Fix your- so that's like bordering on racist. It sounds racist, but isn't racist. That kind of thing. So it definitely sounds it, though. Uh, the, the, yes, the Western, the Western Samurai, I went by the name of... Oh, God, what was the name of it? Uh, William. He was William something. William Adams. Yes, William Adams in the uh, 1500s and the early 1600s. Uh, the 16th century... He was a real dude. Obviously, this is a very, very embellished version of him because I'm pretty sure there wasn't, like, elite ninja powers and fucking wizard magic or whatever. You
2: weren't there. You weren't there. I don't know. You weren't there. You don't know.
0: You start off in the Tower of London for some reason, which it is in itself really cool because the first set of gear you get is Tower of London's guard uniform, which includes a cool hat. And I thought that was kind of neat. But, yeah, it's a it's a very sort of fictionalized version of the 1600s. And you are the Western Samurai, who, again, was a real dude. Right, go look him up. I. Right. I mean, it seems seems fine so far. It's nice. I mean, it again, runs at sixty. It's not stable at sixty. There are some areas where it dips a little bit, but it's it seems tight. It's pretty fun to play. It's by the fellows, at Team Ninja, so it's interesting to see them branching out a little bit. Obviously, they made the Ninja Gaiden games, which are very good. Doesn't feel like Ninja Gaiden. Definitely feels a lot more deliberate than Ninja Gaiden. Less uh, jumping around, flipping around the place. You know, being a ninja, more deliberate combat. Maybe a little bit on If you were to go back that far, they they weren't the ones that made Onimusha. That was Capcom, wasn't it? Uh, but it is a little Onimusha. Yes, it's a Onimusha crossed with Dark Souls. Good, good way to describe it. So far, seems pretty good. So far, I have enjoyed what I've played of it up to this point. But I have not played a huge amount of it yet. So huh. I'll I'll see what's going on with that later. But I have played an unhealthy amount of, at least in the time that it took to come out on PC, is WWE 2K17. Oh, God. Also known as mostly a creation engine game and less of an actual video game, which, to be fair, has been the way for a lot of WWE games for a while. For some reason, it takes them like four months to get them to PC for whatever reason. I don't know why that is. It's been out on PlayStation and Xbox since last year, but I waited for it to come on PC because, hey, I'd like to make videos of it, like to stream it, and. Loading times are usually a big factor in those games, especially when you do the whole customize your wrestler kind of thing. It takes ages to load assets sometimes. On PC, obviously, that's a bit quicker. Um, the, those games are still janky as fuck. Just horrendously janky. Uh, the I'll, I'm sure I can pull up some great moments of bug bug reels and glitches that just... Yeah, uh, WE2K17 is a broken mess by Skyroll. That sounds like a good one to go for. Yeah, we can show you that. It... The, some of the animations are just... They're fucked. There's just... There's a lot of broken shit in that game. Let me just put it that way. H- but hilariously broken stuff. It's almost like a lot of the Skyrim glitches, like, you know, backflipping flying horse, that kind of thing. They, they're so dumb and so badly broken that they're funny. And the way that the physics interaction does or doesn't work in that game is just hilarious. Uh so I'm sure everyone who's played it has had their weird moments of stuff going to hell or whatever. But those games are strange because I think for, for the most part, they're just power fantasies or you know fantasies for people that like wrestling and are more interested in creating your own wrestler, create your own title, create your own arena, create your own entrance, and you can do all of that stuff. And it's the creation engine, which is the probably the most interesting part of it. The actual wrestling, maybe not so much. It's quite slow. It's fairly clunky. Like it has been a lot of the 3D games that haven't gone down the super arcadey route. The ones that did go down the arcadey route, probably the better ones. WWE All-Stars, very, very good game. Because it went full-on crazy fighting game kind of thing. But it's still enjoyable because of all that customization. And being able to create your own championships and create your own wrestlers, and that you could have us all feud over a imaginary co-optional title or something, which I'll probably do at some point. But I spent hours and hours and hours just <laughs> creating someone that looked like me and making their own entrance and all that kind of shit and yeah that that's that's where those games are fun that's why people play those games not for the quality of the wrestling not for the quality of the fighting no 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 because they don't have that this
1: this glitchy video that you've been showing is so great
0: There's so much more of that as well. There's like a ton of like weird teleportation shit, like someone jumping 50 feet across the arena because like, hey, yeah, it said you could jump through the table, but the table's actually all the way over there. We're just going to teleport you there or whatever. And the way that physics interactions just don't work half the time. They're so, they're so broken. Like right? Those games are so very, very broken, but there is, a, I can see why people enjoy them. And it's the same reason that I enjoy it because it's that fantasy aspect of it. Just being able to make so much stuff in them. The amount of customization for, like, the facial features and shit is unreal. It's just, it's ridiculous what you can do so with it.
3: Go ahead and mash up WWE and The Sims and just get it over
0: with. Because, pretty much it is that, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that it, 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 there's a cross-appeal there. There's definitely a cross-appeal. Making yourself and then throwing you into a wrestling match with people, you know, with people that you know, I think is is pretty funny. Yeah, uh, if
3: any game lets me make a Duke Nukem a like and put it in bizarre situations, then I will do that. I remember.
0: <laughs> you can do that.
3: Soul like Caliber pretty... and
0: Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. I love creating you know. a fighter in those. Yeah, those, those are, are great. great.
1: Pretty much every E3. Um, am I roboting?
0: No, you're fine now. Nope. Okay. For the time being.
1: Um. Pretty much every E3 when they showcase like, ah, uh, We've made a new FIFA game and this time the faces actually look for reals.
0: They never do. but they
1: But they look so, like, the amount of effort that they put into the faces compared to games that are trying to make, like, really good story games. I'm just like, fuck, can we not all just share technology because fix fix their faces over there please because the FIFA faces look better
0: oh man they're trying to get a, they have a feature which lets you take a picture of your face and then implant it oh, yeah. on it that never works well that always the looks one horrific time i've
3: seen that work is like nhl 2001 on the pc had wow. this wow right. And because
0: it was so low res and it was a flat texture
3: i was like yeah that's me because it was literally just a picture there was no 3d that was convincing on at you know 640 by 480 resolution
0: indeed um, these days at hd maybe not so much not the
1: new nba game um i remember when that first came out all of the boys were trying desperately to get it to like take a picture of their face and it would put never it work and it would crash over and over and over again i came up to the office and i was like oh my gosh i want to try and they were like okay but it's going to take you forever took one picture Immediately uploaded and just created like a character that looked exactly like Dude Me. (laughs) I was like, "Great, there we go." All right. Some people just have the right face
0: for that. Some people have the right face, and then sometimes it just is horrific. Their upload system is so jank as well. Like, I think it's probably because of consoles and the way that they had to set it up for that. You have to like, I think the process on PC, anyways, you have to take your photo, but you have to generate a token key from the game then go to a specific website enter that token key and then you can upload and i think you can do it via phone app as well then you have to re-download that asset from the website into the game instead of just putting it in the game like you've got to do all you're going to jump through a lot of hoops to the point where i'm like you know what fuck this it won't work anyway i know that but (laughs) you can import your own logos and stuff like that there is a limited number you've got you have to uh share with the community and stuff like that to get more slots it's often easier just to get mods for the PC, but I guess at least it's there, you know? It just could be a much better system. But yeah, I might mess around a little bit more with the universe mode and just populate it with YouTubers and have brawls and Royal Rumbles with them or something like that. Perfect. Spend a bunch of time on intro videos that no one will ever watch. That kind of thing, you know? <laughs> There's a definite Sims aspect to that, though. Absolutely. Transplanting a avatar of yourself into some weird world and doing crazy shit is is a fun fantasy yeah it also
3: sounds like there's a parallel too with the uh, latest wwe and the latest sims where it's all you know crazy customization and then you get to the gameplay and you're like well
0: yes yes (laughs) (laughs) is it like sims 4 customization amazing and it's like oh uh, this actually seems like a three steps back from previous games and it does uh, because it is yep no doubt about that uh anything else anyone else play this week I oh. There's uh, there's a couple of brief mentions I'd like to give to, well, uh, w- there's one mobile game in particular that was quite a bit of fun that's worth trying. I think it's called Viking and Archer's Journey, or Vikings and Archer's Journey. It's a side-scrolling runner, basically. Nice art style. You play a uh, Viking with a bow. You run, and you drag the left side of the screen to knock an arrow and aim it. And the right side of the screen, you tap to jump. Nice and simple. But a lot of fun. A lot of... You die instantly if you hit any obstacle, obviously. You can level up and get new stuff and unlock new archers. Uh, But it's... uh, When you pull it off and when you do it right, particularly when you pull off some really awesome trick shots, like you get points for doing reverse shots and shots in the head and aerial shots and all that kind of thing. And there's power-ups you can pick up along the way. Very satisfying to play for a couple minutes at a time. Reminded me a lot of uh, Alto's Adventure, which is that cool llama surfboarding game that's on ios which is also really good llama surfboarding what a genre <laughs> uh, snowboarding not surfboarding yeah llama surfboarding entirely different genre not many good games in that one snowboarding on the other hand plenty yeah well, so what
3: happened to that game steep didn't that come out and like it came that, out there were it a ca- couple people i it heard that got out. it and then whatever i don't know
0: i always I mean, find I those interesting it, but
1: i think it held people's attention about as long as we expected it to <laughs> unfortunately
0: i okay. also think it's for it's aimed at like a different market really um, and i don't know if they marketed it very well to the demographic that they should have hard to say really but for what i heard what it was trying to do it did pretty well it mm-hmm. gave you that sort of extreme sports experience if that's what you were looking for with the whole yeah. pseudo open world thing going on let you do different things like the wingsuiting and the the skiing and the snowboarding uh but I mean, I don't think most of us really were interested in it because that we weren't really we're not really into those sort of sports games.
3: Yeah. Once so. I heard that you couldn't get eaten by a Yeti, then I was completely. But where's the fun in that? Ski yeah, free will remain
0: that. the best.
1: I was super into like all of the SSX games. Mm-hmm. So these I don't know. An extreme sports game where nothing is ridiculous was it felt boring. <laughs> to yeah, me. man. The, silly, but like
0: SSX tricky, SSX blur on the Wii was oh. fucking awesome. I enjoyed that a yeah. lot.
1: if they if they added in, um, and maybe they have. Again, it's not like I've kept my ear to the ground for s- steep news. But if they added in a bunch of like ridiculous outfits and things that you could wear,
3: or just like the ability to set yourself on fire, maybe.
1: Sure. Yeah. Cool. I mean. We're not on the same wavelength but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's
3: that's where I go with that. If you talk, you know, <laughs> flame outfits, I think flame and then you just geez.
0: crazy shit. Right.
1: Yeah. I am
0: playing uh Steep Slope Sliders I think on the Sega Saturn uh, and uh, there was an unlockable UFO and alien and shit like that and Yeah, that's the kind there of There was a low gravity half pipe, you know. Yeah, that, that was all really really fun. Uh but I mean Steep obviously was going for a bit more bit more realism. I Maybe there's just a giant market of people playing that game that I just never come in contact with. It's entirely possible.
3: It was $60. I mean, and that was the thing for me. I'm like, I just don't see how that could possibly be worth it for the kind of, I don't know. It seemed pretty limited for that much.
0: It it did. I mean, the thing is, I have so little experience with those kind of games, I can't really comment. I mean, all I know is it it was not aimed at me. It was not marketed at me. I didn't have any interest in playing it. Uh, The current Steam numbers of that game are not good. Although it Uh should... It is a you play game, so I don't know. Maybe there's a secret cabal of you play only guys that are playing it. But right now, there's about 200 people playing it. Which for a new IP, uh, a month after launch is not very good. Uh, that's uh, that's worse worse than Battleborn, and that's actually way worse than Battleborn. Jesus, that's that's not a that's not a watermark you want to be under. I don't think you'll drown. Uh, outside of that, um, I played a a little bit. I'll just briefly cover these. It's a double whammy of not very good Warhammer forty thousand games. Uh, there are there's one called Sanctus Reach that got released by Slytherin. That is a basic turn based strategy game with animations that look like they could have been out in nineteen ninety five. I mean, frankly, uh, Warhammer forty thousand Final Liberation, which was literally from the nineties, is better animated and has better sound assets than this game does. Uh, it got boring within about ten minutes. And the Horus Heresy Battle for Talan, which came out yesterday, which is a mechanized warfare, hex-based, turn-based Warhammer strategy game, which is available on mobile and on PC, and is incredibly basic, is what it is. Again, with shitty sound assets and some of the weirdest sounding music you've ever heard. If you go and look for the trailer for this game, uh, it's called Battle of Talan, you are going to hear... I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's some strange evolution of dubstep that I'm not familiar with. Let me just put. It sounds like music the Terminator would listen to.
3: So hashtag fix your crackle.
0: Yeah, fix yeah. your crackle. Uh, yeah. It's so bizarre. I, I I wonder maybe if it's thematic. But I always like imagined in uh, 40k games, you know, big epic battle themes would make sense. In this, it's a lot of uh, a lot of bass dropping and stuff like that. It's bizarre. But the, 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 the game's just flat out not enjoyable. It's not fun. It's a really basic hex-based move your tank, shoot the tank, chance to hit kind of thing. And the missions are unfair. Most of the time they have instant failure states. Like, lose 50% of your tanks and you instantly lose and have to start again. And a lot of that is down to luck because it's entirely possible you lose three or four tanks just because this guy got a lucky hit or whatever. It's like, this is not interesting. Uh the most of the tactics seem to be get behind the enemy tank and then you do more damage because of fucking course you do and that's about it it's <laughs> the
2: music of this trailer what the shit is
0: this music I've, I I got to play it I've got to play you this trailer before oh we go my to the break God. you must experience the wow <laughs> wow I, I can only describe it as let's let's just say a very angry cat was thrown in the washing machine this cat also happens to be a cyborg. This is the noise it would make. I uh, that That is the closest I can get. I know a lot of review is done through analogy and comparison. That's the best I can do. I'm sorry. You must just experience this for yourself. So It, before remi-
2: it reminds the me break, of every time in, like, a 90s movie when they showed the distant future, this is the music people would listen to. Yes. Like, non-music. Like, we're like...
0: Yes. <laughs> like, what? It's like, wow, Nine Inch Nails really lost his way at some point. Uh, (laughs) uh, Okay, I'm going to play the trailer for you just before we go to the break. You have to experience the Angry Cyborg Cat in a Washing Machine soundtrack of this game. We'll be right back with the news, folks, here on the Co-Optional Podcast. You will suffer for the next minute and seven seconds, as I did. This song is actually in the game, by the way, and on loop, and it's horrendous. Okay, experience experience the wonder... Uh, I want all uh, you you all need to listen to this at the same time. Load this trailer up. I'm okay. gonna link it to you. We're gonna have okay. facial reactions as we play this trailer. I need you all to suffer as I did. I'm gonna send as this she to you. Did. Suffer like G did. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alright. I've I've sent the trailer through. Alright, we're ready to play. Battle of yes. Talan trailer. Okay, here yes. we go. Alright, I think the sound is set up. Here we go. Uh, I hope this works. Counter kind of send. Okay. Oh, I already started. We're like, like six or seven, eight seconds in. Go. It's sounding fine so far. It's just like, all right, strings. Okay, synthesized strings, fine. Do do do. This is fine. This is okay. There's a chainsaw. That then it then the sort of I know. Now what what is happening? Terminator. 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 Yeah. It's like we're hitting a, a plastic washing basin. And now, there's the angry cyborg cat! What the fuck is this?! (laughs) This is not just trailer music, this is literally in the game. Yes, good. Angry, angry cyborg cat. Now we get very worried strings. It's like, run from the cyborg cat, flee! Oh god, it's here!
2: It's a very sassy, sideboard cat.
0: Like, yeah. wow, Jesus! Don't, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe don't play that. We're going to a break. Sure. Where, do we, where do we come back? We can bring in the news. Don't go anywhere, Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Total Biscuit. Starcraft 2 can be pretty rough sometimes. It's skillful and demanding. It stretches even professional players to their absolute limits. Bearing that in mind, the last thing you need is somebody yelling in your ear and reminding you of all your mistakes. Your SCBs can't mine when they're dead. That's why I created the Total Biscuit announcer pack for StarCraft II. Enjoy positive reinforcement. Your supply blocked. Might as well GG now. Sincere compliments. What do you lack in minerals? You make up for in charm. And calm, relaxing notifications. Your base is under attack. We're all gonna die. Are you a Zerg player? Let me tell you how beautiful you are. Metamorphosis is a beautiful thing. Oh, oh god, it's monstrous! All this and much, much more from the man who brought you the best play-by-play event in history. Building a supply depot right here. This could be the tactical, crucial move of this entire game. It's on about 20%, 25% and here we go. The Total Biscuit announcer pack. Available to buy now in-game on the collection page. Resume the real-time strategy-ing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. We'll dive right into the news, shall we? There's actually things to talk about this week, as rare as that is. Oh my gosh. Incredible. The first piece of news, which might sound exciting to some people, it sure as hell is not to us. (laughs) E3. Uh, E3 is obviously on the way, as it is every year, that giant leviathan of a show. And it is, for the first time, open to the public. Now, you might tell me... It's been open to the public before what was uh, e- E3 for all or E for all that wasn't the same show not the same show the proper official actual E3 event has never Act technically E3. <laughs> yes, it's never been technically open to the public but now uh this year it will be you'll be able to I think it's a $250 price for the uh, pass to get in and that does not by the way guarantee you entry into the press conferences or the backstage demos or anything. Gives you access to the floor, uh, which right. the LA Convention Center, which I believe is like three giant halls all kind of connected by a very, very long corridor for all intents and purposes. I, oh, God. I do, uh, let me put it this way. My desire to attend E3 is usually not that high to begin with. It's definitely not high now. I have exper- I... I've experienced Gamescom. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I know how busy that gets. And yeah. I, this could very well get even worse than that. E3 was already a pain in the ass to get around and to actually get any work done in. It's going to get a whole lot worse now.
1: I mean, we've all been pretty open. I don't know about Clint, but the three of us have all been pretty open about the fact that we do, don't enjoy
3: E3. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm right up there. I did it once. That was enough. I, yeah, That's enough.
0: <laughs> I don't know of anybody in... Anyone that's been around in the industry for more than a year, I don't know of anyone that's been around for more than a year that enjoys E3. Like E3 sounds very exciting, especially when you first get into the industry. If you happen to get pr- credentials to get involved, and I mean, I say industry, people, you know, people who work at GameStop got credentials. It's not, it's not like, actually you that didn't hard. Get to Get into
3: E3 so easily. I knew a friend yeah. of mine; he got in because he had a blog spot. Yeah, and it didn't even have. You know, he just typed in the numbers. Do you have fifty thousand?
1: you, know, you uh, I'd like a media pass.
0: Yeah, there were there were many ways to get access to it. It was weird because they uh, E three was one of the slowest to adapt to the whole YouTube and Twitch change thing. But if you had a blog, ah, get on in, no yep. problem. Basically, it's like, do you have a website? No. Well, I have like six million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, but do you have a website though? Uh, that was them for ages. They've they've sort of resolved that now. They obviously realize you know where the influence is. Mm. The thing is that like opening up to the public doesn't isn't really an adaptation to that because honestly like if you were a twitch streamer or youtuber especially in the last couple of years you could get into e3 without a problem like they they were not locking out people like lyric for god's sake it's like oh yeah that guy who can shift like a hundred thousand copies of a game just by streaming a bunch yeah we're totally not gonna let him in like yeah they everyone could get in fairly easily but opening up to the public it was a giant clusterfuck to begin with it's gonna get so very much worse as a result and I'm going to say, like, E3 is not a consumer-oriented show. If you're going there expecting to enjoy yourself and checking out a ton of brand new stuff, this is not the show to go to, to no. do that. Go to no. a PAX, man. Go to a PAX. That's what PAX is for. Like, E3 may have a few more bigger games. Yeah, true, you know. But honestly, like, over the last few years, big companies have been pulling out of E3. I wonder mm-hmm. if this change is going to make some of them come back or even drive away even more. It might. Uh, I mean-
1: well, I mean, the queue times are already crazy. Yeah, They're even, gonna even be some insane. of the
2: PAXs are like, like yeah. some of the some of the bigger conventions at this point are just like, boy, do I, like, I don't, I hate going to PAX West or PAX Prime. I think that is a clusterfuck, and I hate going to it. But I
1: love Seattle.
0: I, 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 Seattle's fun it's place. That's what
1: problem. makes it so hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, Seattle's great, but PAX is. It's it's very.
0: Packed. PAX is, especially PAX Prime, is packed prime. Yeah. East, East has a bigger venue that's more spread out in a more logical way. This is just, it's stacked on top. It's mm-hmm. a bunch of far too small halls stacked on top of each other that they frankly need to find another venue for. Uh, you know, and everything's connected by a central elevator, which consistently breaks, and you have to queue to even get on in the first place. It's, it is a real pain.
2: Yeah, the, and, and E3 for everything that it that and i will say there's a lot of things that i enjoy about e3 but none of it ever outweighs the like nonsense of e3 like actually the the i mean there's already a ton of people there and unless you have a behind the scenes access thing it's already a giant wait around for nothing fest opening it up to the public here's what i'll say real talk is if you desperately want to go and you have 250 bucks to blow go enjoy it for what it is but you'll realize very quickly that you just wasted 250
0: dollars. it's no you'll, picnic
2: yeah you'll be like why did i spend money if you need the experience of being like i want to see what the industry is actually like go <laughs> you will, you will you will see you will definitely see you but will see
0: that- the nonsense you know you'll see the smoke and mirrors uh e3 is probably the most pretentious of gaming events it always has been and it's, it's very much, we are making a huge deal out of this, and it's never, most of the time anyway, every now and again, you have something like the Sony conference last year, which I felt was, you know, for a marketing event, genuinely pretty damn dope. respectful, but for the most part, it's just, it's an example of like the engorged, um, very decadent and overly commercialized nature of the industry, and... There's a, it's not a very honest event. It never has been, you know? You want to go speak to a developer, go to PAX. The developer's probably there with his game, especially if he's an indie guy. He'll show you the game. He'll be completely upfront with you about it. That's a great experience. E3, no, it's a lot of slick marketing. Uh, it's a lot of very exclusionary marketing and uh, letting people in. I still recall that time, Perfect World, where they threw my business card in the trash. Mm. Uh, big mistake. <laughs> yeah, they, not a very good idea, that. That's a... Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it, again, you know, it's, it's people, a lot of self-important people.
2: That's exactly what it is. It's, it's. if you ever want a real, this is what I would say, if you ever want a real look at what the industry really is, at its core, E3 is the most vivid window into, like, that is your six. A, oh <laughs> yeah. a bunch of it, self-important people
0: doing nothing. A bunch of self-important people doing nothing while the people that actually make the games industry go are back in the studio working and making yeah. the next game. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend going unless they're gonna vastly change the way that they present themselves and re redo the show. There's no point. And like I said, if you're saying going there, assuming that you get into the pr- big press conferences, you won't. All those seats are already gone. You know, they give them out to media, they give them out to influencers, they give them out to people who are paid to cheer for them, they give them out to executives. They're only gonna give them if on. You're only getting a seat in those if you can do something or you can. You know, be a good little useful idiot and cheer at everything they say. And most of the time, they just hire people for that because they're more reliable. They don't want another. Uh... I remember the battlefield incident a couple of years ago where the sound didn't play. There was someone in the front row. It was it was a streamer, wasn't it? Who yelled uh, "Amazing!" in just the <laughs> silence. It's like they don't they don't want that. They don't want any more of that. Oh,
2: uh, like the one the one where the girl in the front row this year who was just like "Yeah!" the entire t- i don't know what game that was holy that shit. was
1: also pretty hilarious i was like uh-huh. what fuck is that girl <laughs> she is so jazz she is very excited uh, so, so would you if you're being
3: too, i've heard a lot of people bring up is like well i want to meet my favorite youtubers my favorite journalist my favorite we're gonna be working we're no. gonna be working so i mean not that- the way to go
0: no, that's the, yeah. that's the last place that you go to meet those people. Like if they you want to annoy backs. your favorite personalities. That's uh-huh. a good
3: place to do it. But it, yes. yeah, please don't try to stop. You know, people in the hall. Also, it doesn't
0: work.
2: Most people who are there on business stuff are not on the show floor at all. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. Up there, in a private there's
1: a room ton. We're
0: doing something. There's a ton of backstage there's, there's rooms. They're schmoozing
1: in back rooms. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Every I mean, that's where like, the work
0: gets done. E- well that yeah, and if you have an appointment, generally speaking, you don't have an appointment at their
1: booth. You have an appointment in a it is.
0: backstage room and that's where you get your footage and that's where the work gets done. You don't do it on the floor usually because it's too fucking loud to do anything on the floor. It's useless. Yeah.
2: Also, it's 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 not any really good for any of like us. People are like, oh, you guys go to have fun. No, it's smoozing it's, no, like, and any youtuber you meet you're already like you got my card you want my card? like let's let's do a deal together You're like yes I, okay sure do. we'll never talk again after this like this yeah it's really sad that we're like why are we doing honestly, this?" honestly like why are we with, doing this
1: with other with other youtubers or streamers it's a lot easier for me to just follow them on twitter
0: well of course yeah and
1: then yeah, i'll see them on yes. my feed and be like oh yeah i met that person if i have your business card it's gonna be it's lost in a world of other business cards that I'm trying to think if there's <laughs> been
0: a single guest on this show that I've ever got here via their business card. And I'm fairly sure the answer <laughs> is no. We just messaged them on Twitter or emailed them or sent them a message of using yeah. like, hey, you want on the show? I'm like, yeah, done. It's like usually about eight hours before the show goes live. But yeah, it's, i say, you unless should. they're vastly redesigning in three, you don't want you don't want to go to week three. Trust me. We've been there, we've done it. It's not the magical place that it sounds. Sit at home and watch the streams. Why would you even want to be at the press conference? You can watch the stream, or you can watch. Somebody rip the shit out of the stream via a restream. Do that instead. That's it's I mean, a lot I, more fun.
1: I think the biggest benefit for conventions in general is like getting to meet other members of the community right or getting to meet friends that you met online and things like like connecting with people in e3 is just not a good place to do that no
3: it's not there's way too many good awesome conventions nowadays i mean i was just at the portland retro gaming expo recently and i was surprised how popular that has gotten even Mm. and you know that that was up there with pax for me as far as like something that i actually enjoyed but yet it still wasn't even nearly as busy as pax even though it was 30,000 people, but yeah. I mean, it was, that's great. Those kind of meetups are awesome. And oh my typically God. you got people going there on purpose to meet with people yeah. as opposed yeah. to like, trying to get work done. I used yes. to go to
1: PDX LAN every year and apparently that's gotten out of control too. Like uh, it's just too much.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I will say about E3, I know exactly who would enjoy E3. If you go to Disneyland or Disney World, not for the rides, but to experience the like sights and sounds, You'll fucking love E3. Because like <laughs> if, if you go there, uh the the Zelda area, this past E3 was incredible. Like it was you were in the world and they had like moving things. If you stepped on certain things, parts of the the set would move and like shit would happen. Mind you, you could you couldn't even get a chance to play the game if you wanted to. But like no. getting into the area walls would open and you get like cool sound effects and like movies and stuff it was a crazy oh, experience tons of gimmicks the gimmicks are yeah, fun yeah if you love gimmicks if you're the person who's like i don't really like disney world but i like you know going there then this is your <laughs> shit you will love this if you don't go on do you rides, like lines you longer like than
0: disney world because we got them e3's got them and there ain't yeah. no fast pass trust me You'll love
3: it ironically disney left e3 so you know that's a thing that, that
0: they did yeah quite a few companies have <laughs> no uh, longer don't, even there don't really blame costs a lot of money you often get lost in the shuffle why would you want to be on the floor with all of your competition spending a ton of money to be there i don't When well, you can do your own the first thing
1: first ones who did that yeah although You're i think like they came
0: back didn't they um yeah. I, I, they, they've definitely dropped out multiple times i think and various other publishers have as well so i don't know if e3 I mean, E3's relevance has been in question for years at this point. Considering how easy it is to directly get your information to the consumers that want it, there's really not a huge amount of necessity to be at E3 anymore. You can just market directly to the people who are going to buy shit rather than yeah. having to spend a ton of money to potentially market to people that won't. All right, uh, let's move on then. So... Are we, uh, Well, I mean, I suppose justice is kind of served as a, as a thing for this. YouTuber avoids prison is the, uh, as part of the title for this. So you might be aware there are several ongoing lawsuits involving certain YouTubers who are dishonest crooks. And I use that term very liberally and accurately. And that is my opinion, not necessarily representing those in the rest of the cast, although they may agree with me anyway.
2: No, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Who ran? You're ripping off fans, your ears a scumbag. Who I'm ran
0: digital gambling sites aimed at children and usually you know, either didn't have a license for it or didn't properly disclose that they owned the website or had direct access to the back end of the website or gambled on the website despite knowing what the odds were and being able to manipulate them. All of these very, 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 very illegal things, basically. Well, the UK got its act together and uh, f- there were charges filed by the UK Gambling Commission versus... A fellow called Craig Douglas, a.k.a. Nepenthers. I don't know who this guy is because apparently he's part of the FIFA community. I don't follow that, but it, they're a big deal. They make a lot of money. Apparently not enough, though, because they also felt the need to set up a digital gambling site using the currency that the game uh it has involved in some way. Uh, the UK Gambling Commission has now commented on the case. Uh, the, they changed the plea, I believe, from not guilty to guilty. So they initially said we totally totes didn't do this and then said, okay, maybe we did. <laughs> uh, the comment from the Gambling Commission is as follows. This was one of the most serious cases that has been investigated and prosecuted by the commission. Its gravity is reflected in the significant financial penalties imposed by the judge. The defendants knew that the site was used by children and that their conduct was illegal, but they turned a blind eye in order to achieve substantial profit. The effect on children of online gambling was rightly described by the court as horrific and serious. All websites offering gambling facilities in Britain must be licensed. It's the only way in which children and vulnerable people can be protected. This case demonstrates that we will use the full range of our statutory power to investigate and prosecute individuals that try to operate illegally. Uh, yeah
2: there's there's a lot of words in there and there's a lot of context that goes with everything related to being a youtuber or Mm -hmm. or celebrity uh, which Mm. is boy do you wield an awful lot of power over people who are very susceptible to that power yeah just straight up understand that immediately because that's how we have stories of like this guy ripped off these kids with the lotto thing, or like this guy's like getting pictures of nude fourteen year olds. Like it's all in the exact the amount same of like, fucking
0: time. We hear about that is is ludicrous. Like it's like every single week it seems to be a new scandal of some popular YouTuber's like it's somehow yeah, like, involved in pedophilia in some way. It's like fucking hell. Can you can we have one week where that doesn't happen? Jesus.
2: And I know people are like, I'm not a role model, and I just play video games. So fuck like, that. You, yes, you are. You have an audience. You You're a role model it's what other people perceive you to be and then you have to live up to that standard that, like once yeah. you take on this role you become what other people want you to be and you got to either deal with that or walk the fuck away mm-hmm. like there is and, no middle ground there yeah. you are now on a pedestal for many people and the minute you abuse that and exploit that you are a bad person i mm-hmm. do not care about I, like you're a bad person yeah, yeah. hands it, down
0: you know, it, it's when I, mean, I think we we took uh, you know a while to come to that conclusion as well. I think we all started off saying we're not role models either, but realised you can't really escape it. Yeah. You know, especially as your audience gets larger and larger, you can't escape those responsibilities. And the bare minimum you can do is obviously be honest with your audience and not fuck them over. And then you can even make arguments later on. It's like, well, I have an audience and a certain amount of power and influence and reach. Do I have a responsibility to represent certain causes? Do I have a responsibility to express certain views? That's very debatable. Some people avoid that entirely. That's entirely their right to do it. Some people use their platform to reach out. I think we, we often... Stay away from that as much as we can. But every now and again, you know, last week in particular, we spent a short portion of the show making a political statement because we felt like we had the responsibility to do that, especially to show support for those that had been directly affected by the shit that went on. Um, And Mm -hmm. some people got angry about that. They got angry that we expressed that. We gave them the option to skip it. We gave them every option to avoid it. They didn't and then got mad about it anyway. I don't think (laughs) I have... I don't think I've got much sympathy for that. But... Uh, so there the There is no surefire um, set of responsibilities that you do or do not have in this position with these kind of audiences, but there is certainly a bare minimum standard, which is, I don't know, maybe not illegally market gambling products to kids. That is possibly something that yeah. is always wrong in every circumstance. Yeah,
1: that seems like a, an obvious right
0: <laughs> you were the, yeah that, that's one of the things that might be zero. It's like don't kill members of your audience you know don't well, market like, gambling products to children
2: yeah you can believe what you want to believe and you can express your opinions whatever those opinions are you can do all sorts of that different levels the bare minimum is just don't exploit your audience because you have a position of power that you're using in in a way that is wrong like it's just fundamentally wrong like you can have, like, we can say, say an opinion on the show. That's not exploitation. That's, like, an opinion. That's how we feel well, about a subject. You have but the right feel, to
0: agree yeah, or disagree, completely we, ignore, skip that segment, whatever you want, but you don't have the yeah, right to stop us saying it.
2: We feel it's our right to, like, we feel that there are members of our audience that we need to say this to. Like, yo, we are on your side. Like, that kind of thing. Like, there's certain things you have to say, but then there's certain things you just don't have to do. And one of those things you you shouldn't do is take people who are so invested in you as a personality, vulnerable people, and, and then exploiting them. That's wrong on like every basic human level. And I like, I, I understand that at a certain point in your like trajectory through YouTube or, or for a lot of people, you're, you're young and suddenly you're making a ton of money and it's like, Oh my God, I can have a lot of money and be like filthy rich. Like this has never happened before and you get caught up in it or mm-hmm. you replace money with women or whatever replace it with whatever the the thing is that you're obsessed with like oh my god i can get sure. a lot of that now and i never had that before and this fuck it up at some point though you have to realize that, like it comes back to that responsibility thing and what is ethically and morally right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and man
0: also legally right that that's you're, you're, you're legally for, as yeah. well
1: yeah i was gonna say because morals like everybody has a different code of morals
0: but yeah this is this is the law you know the thing with pro syndicate what he did was illegal there's no question about it you know and i have no doubt in my mind you know you can clearly read the uh ftc regulations that he broke and um and the other people involved in it t martin, martin and and, then, and yeah. some other dude whose name i, I think it was josh someone other i can't remember um, somehow he managed to dodge most of the PR flag. And th- these guys as well. They literally broke the law. They were fined uh, upwards by the looks of it. or Well, a lot. Uh, but let's put it that way. I think £175,000. Uh, a lot of money. They did not go to jail over this, but they were fined. That's a good amount. I mean, even for a YouTuber that popular, that is a pretty significant chunk of change. Um oh. The guy appears to be relatively apologetic about it. He says he's going to explain his side of the story, but frankly, you had the opportunity to do that in court, motherfucker. And yeah, the court I, clearly I, I ruled against you. So when I don't think say, you get to do that.
2: When people make the I need to explain my side of story video, it's always like, yeah, I mean... I was in a bad place. It's I always spin. Like, and, it's and I like,
1: didn't. You know, I really should have educated. A guy with his stuff. dog.
2: Like it it's just. A oh god! Like stop.
0: Sad violin in the background. Yeah, like oh just, god.
2: Your audience, I guarantee, would respect you more if you came out and said, "Like, uh, yo, I money blinded my ass. I was blinded by the fact that I can make a quick buck." If you came out and said that, dude.
0: People were I'd still think you were crap, but at least to respect that you realise that. You know? Absolutely, yeah. you've you've got a you've got a road to redemption from there. It's when you don't mm. recognise what you're doing wrong that's the problem. Uh, uh, so I'm I'm very glad that the UK came down on these fuckers. And honestly, I mean, this is going to open up more discussion about the nature of online gambling. There's been a lot of discussion, certainly over the past year, as to what constitutes gambling. The introduction of gambling-like mechanics. And where's the line drawn? Where's the line drawn between, you <clears throat> we know, well, this is an optional cosmetic, random microtransaction, and this is actual gambling. Where do, uh, I think. Now that a lot of casinos are you
3: know, specifically hiring game developers and uh-huh. big game companies to get younger and younger audiences into real casinos using real games like, you know, a Call of Duty, whatever machine where you actually play a Call of Duty game and get real money back.
0: I played Plants like, vs. I- Zombies cabinet um, yeah, in Vegas. The blurring last time I went of there. the lines is ridiculous yeah. at this point. Yeah, there's. Um, I mean, that's going to get very interesting because Nevada, I believe, quite recently uh, legalized skill-based machine it gambling. Did, yeah. Which prior to that, it was all it all had to be random. There couldn't be an element of skill. Although there's this weird exception for video poker for some reason. But hey, uh, outside of that though, yeah, all, that's why all the slot machines in Vegas are just push a button and stuff happens. Whereas uh, in Europe, there are skill elements to it um, because that's legal uh, especially in the UK uh, you know there's like a slot machine in every pub and they usually have a skill element but yeah you're right they, they are marketing towards that uh, particular demographic and gambling isn't necessarily wrong it's certainly potentially harmful if you take it too far you know but obviously you know where it's a I'd say it's a free country, but it's not when it comes to gambling, (laughs) not in the slightest. But this, you know, this is clearly illegal and marketing gambling to children is obviously terrible, but it's going to be interesting to see if the law starts to come down against other things. Like, um, you know, we're talking about gacha mechanics earlier. Mm. And of course, Japan is full of pachinko parlors whereby you totes don't win money, but the toy that you get, you inexplicably is worth a lot of money. If you go to that guy right next to the pachinko parlor, that's curiously buying right. all of those. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff like that. Those mechanics are integrated into games. Where's the line drawn? Why, when is it gambling? When it's not? In my opinion, the the line is crossed when something has real world value that can be readily exchanged for real currency. And in the, I think in the case of um CS:GO, that is you know with skins, yeah, there's a gambling aspect to that. Even mm-hmm. if you don't count the fact that you can cash them out through third-party unofficial websites, which you're technically not supposed to do, but don't can, you can still sell stuff for Steam currency, which buys real games. You know, in the sense of buying games, it's the same as having regular money. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think there's a there's definitely a line crossed there, and since there is an ongoing uh, lawsuit, several in fact involving Valve, I have a feeling we're going to see some changes over the next couple of years. yeah valve
1: did um valve came out and uh did like a a press release talking not a press release but like basically mentioned tf2 because now people are trying to set up tf2 ones and they were like don't like we're We're immediately distancing ourselves from this we don't want anything to do with this we're shutting down as much as we can but please in the meantime like don't Mm -hmm. do it (laughs) i don't blame them after everything that's happened
0: I mean, I imagine what's, well, you know, what'll happen is eventually there'll just be regulation applied to it. As usual, the law is way behind the times when it comes to digital goods, and anything digital, I I feel like, I I feel it's fine, but it should be properly regulated. And the problem with digital gambling, in particular with digital goods, is that it's real easy to access for a kid. Very easy, whereas it's much harder for a child to go, say, play online poker, especially in the United States, you know, to play online poker for money, and certainly they can't walk into a casino and start betting. You know, they'll be immediately kicked out for that. But gambling with skins, which do have real-world value, that's a thing. That is a thing that can happen. Uh, So, yeah, I I do not expect this area to be left alone forever. And I think this year will probably be a very formative year in what happens with those mechanics and those particular business models going forward. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, okay, so moving on to something <clears throat> slightly more positive before we do the releases. Uh-huh. So this is a in, this is an intriguing tale, a story, a Little King's story. I bring up Little King's story every now and again because every now and again the argument comes up that there was, there was no good games on the Wii, and I said that's bullshit. There actually, were lots of good games in the Wii, and one of the main ones that I bring up is Little King's story, which is this awesome little amalgamation of Pikmin with kind of kingdom management and strategy and all sorts of really cool little elements. Very original, very interesting game that a lot of people ignored because it looked cutesy and kind of had bad music that was just sort of midi versions of classical music. It's like you wake up and there's uh, Grieg in the background. Can't remember the name of the song, uh, but it was definitely by Grieg. I know the name of the composer. Yes, there's some Grieg and some Bach It's Beethoven and uh, all that kind of thing. But th- that game was very interesting didn't run very well. They released a version of Vita called New Little King Story. Ran even worse. Very disappointing. Then it comes along to PC and I thought, finally! Finally, mana from heaven. A glorious PC master race will be able to experience this at full 60 frames per no. We fucking weren't because it was broke as shit on launch. It, were, it didn't matter how good a PC you had. You want to try and get 60 in that game? Good luck. If you ain't getting it. And that game looked 10 years old because it was. Now, here's the interesting bit. You might be aware of a fellow by the name of Durante, I think is how he pronounces his name. If not, I am going to do that. He's called Durante, and I assume he's sort of like a a Spanish fencer. That's what I assume, Yeah, that he goes into battle with a rapier and that he's very skilled in the arts of the blade, but is also a a dashing individual, perhaps. I I
2: think I got a five star of him the
0: other day. Uh, But you do, you got (laughs) a conquistador's helmet and flared, flared pantaloons. That's that's how I imagine him. But he was the guy that fixed the terrible port of Dark Souls, the original Dark Souls, when it came out. He made DS Fix. He did it very quickly, too, which made the game run a lot better. It fixed the internal resolution problems and eventually was developed into a must-have mod for that game. He's done it with a couple of other games as well and has become something of an authority on PC ports. He's well worth listening to. He'll sometimes publish articles on PC Gamer or on his own blog. Uh, He pretty much gets everything right. He knows his shit. Like, listen to this guy. Now, here's the interesting bit. XSEED, who is the publisher of Little King's Story, who don't have a particularly good reputation when it comes to PC with porting, went up to Durante, they approached him, and contacted them and said, can you do anything about this port? Because we recognize <laughs> we recognise it's fucked. We don't know what's going on. We're just going to give you the source code. Can you see what you can do with it? Which I have never heard of that happening before. Like The amount of trust giving the full source code of a commercial game... That uh, on PC at least has only recently come out to a guy who's obviously very experienced, but up until this point he's basically just been a modder in the community. I've never heard of that happening. Maybe it has. But he wrote this amazing blog on Xseed's own website. Again, mind-blowing. Exceed actually allowed him to do that, tear the game to pieces, and explained everything that was wrong with it and said, Oh god, this is a this is crazy. You know, the game was built on a custom engine from the ground up. It was designed to be a one-off product. It the There was no internal frame rate logic at all. Like, there's a bunch, like, um, bunch of pieces just sort of hodgepodge together. All sorts of problems all over the place. And you know what? Yeah, I can fix a lot of it. And that's exactly what it went and did. And then XSeed relaunched the game on Steam at like half off. And I got to play a little bit of it yesterday. It's much improved. Much better. That's Not, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. that's so cool. It's absolutely incredible. Not only, you've got to read this blog, because not only is it a fascinating look into coding and the problems, we we recognize what a bad PC port is. I think a lot of us can spot one, but we don't know why, you know? Whereas this guy knows why. So he provides fascinating insight into it.
2: What's so impressive is that XSEED posted his, like, comments on their game, and it's literally like, I can't believe that this is made the way it was. Like, he's trashing the game and they're yeah. like
0: you can totally say that of
2: our game and he fixed it i have it's incredible
0: that's an amazing move like there are very few publishers that will openly admit to that kind of thing you yeah. know that that's a devolver move that's the kind of shit that fork fork parker would post on his uh twitter yeah, or whatever That's true
1: being like i fucked up guys fucked look up. yeah he says i fucked up
0: yeah uh, but good on XSeed for doing this. He improved the graphical fidelity of the game, he added a bunch of new effects in so the game looks a lot better, it runs a lot better. There are certain parts of it which are apparently so broke-ass that he had to put a toggle switch in to lock it back to 30 because there are just some small parts of the game that are so inconsistent and weird that you've just got to lock the frame rate again for it to work properly. Because again, the oh. game basically has no internal logic at all. It's all over the place. But like this, uh, it's much more playable now. And again, it's a great game. It was always a great game. It's an amazing game. I'd recommend it to people, but it ran so poorly. Uh, But now it's so much better. So have a look at it. Trust me on this one. Uh, It's a very unique game. Don't be put off by the fact that it looks very childish. It's not. It's actually got a lot of really cool adult humor in it. It's very funny. It's got the awesome kingdom management elements and the kind of Pikmin style stuff and job systems and everything. It's really cool. And... This, I think this is going to go down as a very interesting part of history. This is going to be one of the few examples where a publisher has genuinely made, yo, we fucked up and then reached out to someone who could fix it and then allowed that person to be totally honest about everything, explain what he did, explain what was broken, and explain what he was able to do to fix it, and then relaunch the commercial product. That's amazing to me.
1: I hope he got a lot of money out of that. I
0: fucking hope he didn't do that for free. (laughs) They better (laughs) have paid him.
1: He's a smart dude. He, I hope he would do that.
0: Yeah, I I think I would think so. I imagine he got paid for it. And hey, if this becomes his thing, if he becomes the superhero that comes and fixes broken ports, great. Give him it's the like fucking.
2: He already has a great name for it. I'm just saying, if Durante
0: yeah. can't help us, who can? Indeed, help us, Durante. He comes in. There's a little uh, trumpet uh, flourish. I am here to save the day, my lady. Uh, it's like
1: when companies reach out to hackers and are like, can you make it so that yeah. our website doesn't suck?
0: Yeah, it, it, oh, is, wow. it is quite a like, lot. Hey, you might even be able to come in. Maybe you can come in and fix your crackle. You know, that would be great. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hashtag, Durante, help me. Durante, we need you to know. There's eventually going to be oh, some yeah. weird Durante fanfic. It's like, I've come to fix your port. I was like, ah. ah
2: <laughs> there you go, Brazzers. Day. Apparently,
0: uh, uh, so uh, I'm told by Jim Sterling, master of such things, apparently Brazzers just released their parody of Metal Gear Solid, The Phantom and... Peen. Yes. Yeah, I'm me- metal... with
2: their names anymore. Metal I'm Re- come on, Metal
0: Gear Solid, The Phantom Peen. Surprisingly, apparently quite accurate to the game. Quite faithful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you can believe it a lot of fire whales a lot of fire whales and, yeah uh, there's sneaking around
0: pretty yeah, yeah there's there's something for everyone in that game you're looking for a for a whale oh. if you know what i mean you'll find one but uh, yeah uh you can go read jim still in fact he actually made a video of it obviously he censored literally everything but his review of it's fucking hilarious uh yeah, that's there you go. Brazzers Durante, I've come to fix your port. <laughs> I
1: love it. Ta-da! Perfect. Ta-da!
0: I need access to your source code if you know what I mean. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, uh, I have no clue
2: what you're talking about. No, of. I actually don't know. What don't you know. At
0: all. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, oh. Beautiful. It's a beautiful story. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Christ. Shall we talk about releases?
0: We can do Ooh. that. Absolutely. Let's bring Excellent. up a release list. Thankfully, not too long this week. Uh, so yeah. we're not gonna be here for 45 minutes listing off absolute tat. At least that's oh. that is the hope anyway. All right.
1: First up, February everyone has a release list up. ready to
0: go. Yes, cool. Let's go. Huh? Let's, oh. go. Yes.
1: Okay. I'm try- I'm Let's go. Yes. I'm trying I'm trying. Oh my god. god. Go. god. Oh. 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 First game for February 9th is John Wick Chronicles.
0: John Wick Chronicles. It's an FPS, which, I mean, sounds... Virtual reality as well. Oh, Jesus. All right. That, that's where it kind of goes wrong. It's, weirdly enough, it's by Starbreeze. It's by yeah, bloody... Starbreeze? Well, well uh, yeah, I mean, which is um, Mr... Mr. Triple X's uh, studio. He was, he was involved in that um, mm. to some extent. You remember? Uh, Chronicles of Riddick? Riddick guy. Yeah, uh,
1: Mr. Triple X. Ben? Vin ben Diesel.
0: Yes. The Darkness game as well. Yeah. Holy shit,
1: Triple side X. note. Sam and I watched the new Triple X movie and it is the the hottest garbage.
0: I want to see it. The The first one was such hot garbage. I want to see you this should. one. I you can't wait. I'm so or, I'm so happy. I loved deliberately see terrible John movies. Friday. You can do do both. I mean, do one after also, the other. That's supposed yeah. to
1: be legitimately great. So. Yeah, heard,
0: this, on the other hand, has currently mixed reviews. It doesn't look too bad, but I think it's a stupor from what I can tell. It's a standing VR shooter uh, by the on looks the of it. On the other
3: hand, by pre-ordering it, you get to play John Wick... Uh, the weapon pack in Payday
0: 2. Oh, yes. They did a crossover with that, didn't they? Is there of a course. movie that Payday 2 has not now. done a crossover with now? I don't know. Yeah. All right. That's that. Next.
1: Next up is called We Are Chicago. Ah, yes. Uh,
0: I heard about this.
2: I played this at uh, PAX East last year. Uh, it is like, if it, 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 it's, it's an interesting game. It, it's basically a, uh, like, <laughs> How do you even describe this? you are a kid in the inner city and you're trying to protect your sister from the fact that life is tough as shit and it's it's like it's like an experience simulator is that the it's a walking describing?
0: simulator right for the most part
2: um yeah yeah
0: yeah 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 you're sort of um you're dealing with things like bullying and you know the life of uh you know, people living in the south side uh you know and all that kind of thing um it's it's an interesting way for games to game go
2: violence yeah yeah there's a lot of I mean freedom.
0: you know, games games could be very easily used properly to address that I don't know whether or not this game does that very well I've seen it, a lot
2: it is definitely it definitely uh it does not take it in like a, a I don't even like it, I, I don't even know the proper word for this it doesn't take it it, it 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 takes itself seriously to the point where it's trying to express something to you that isn't just like boy does it suck to live here Oh, yeah, I it's more terrible. more than that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very fine line. You know, there, there is uh, obviously a lot of people will say things like keep politics out of video games or media or whatever. What well, the thing about that oh. is that it's almost impossible to do that, you know, because right. almost everything is political to some extent. The question is not, well, keep politics out of video games. It's like, how do you integrate them in a way that helps the immersion and helps you uh, tell the story and makes a good game that isn't just mm-hmm. ramming things down your throat? You know? It's like Bioshock wouldn't be Bioshock without the political aspect of it. But it's right. not ramming anything down your throat there. Whereas there are some games which are overly preachy and they sacrifice everything else to be that. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that this game is not that because there, certainly there are a lot of opportunities to make something uh, genuinely impactful out of this. But mm-hmm. you've got to make sure it's also interesting. And I've said it before, your games must be compelling. They don't have to be fun. They must be compelling in some way. And a lot of walk around watching things are just... Chores, and then you lose you lose the emotional investment of people if you do that. It's like um, what was the name of that one? Um, sun, sunset. Was it sun? Uh, where you played a cleaner? Uh, was it sunset?
1: I don't know. Yes, sunset it was, was sunset. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that that was that was attempting to deliver a political message. Unbelievably dull to play, to the point where I wasn't interested in their political message because I was so bored. Yeah. Uh, that's the that's the problem. If you're going to deliver that story, you better do it well. Right. Cool. All right, let's move on.
1: Next up is called Queen's Quest. It's a hidden object game. All um, right. yep. the game after that is Take on Mars. Which,
0: oh, uh, is this finally out?
1: Mars. Space exploration take game, yeah. On
0: Mars. Yeah. Uh, I forgot uh, that existed. Yeah, it's been in early access for a long now. time. Da, 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 yeah, yeah, take on helicopters. You're right. Jesse, you are ruining everything.
2: I'm
3: sorry. Stop it!
0: <laughs> With your, I, I knew it was coming. I just hoped they it wouldn't. Take on Mars. Yeah, I was, I was hoping against hope that you wouldn't go there, but you did. But uh, yeah, you're right. To. Um, it's by the guys that made Take on Helicopters, which is generally considered a fairly good helicopter simulator. Take on Mars is supposed to be like a rover and space exploration, very sciencey kind of simulator. It's been early access forever. Um, mm. now it's officially out, which is neat. So I'm intrigued to see if that ends up being any good.
1: Cool. The next one is called Hell's Little Story. It looks like a Flash game where you play a little demon. That's exactly what it looks like. Perfect description.
0: Yeah. The, oh, God. Yeah. This is what we say, by the way, when we say retro aesthetic in uh, air quotes. You know? Yeah. It's like, no, this this doesn't look like a retro anything. It just looks like bad art. That's, yeah. Not good.
1: Um, next up is called Bitku. Okay. It is a... It's not a game, but it looks like it's a sort of super simplistic game or story maker
0: yeah That's
1: a free simple storyteller comic creator art toy and a new way to express oh. yourself in pixels
0: yeah um so you know it's it's, it's a creation tool essentially mm-hmm. which is kind of neat you know I, I like being able to mess around with stuff like that I mess around yeah. with tw- I mess around with twine every once in a while to do that although you can legitimately make an actual game with twine um, right it's just <laughs> it's just quite tricky to do properly but it can be done
1: um, after that we have for Honor beta, which we all know.
0: We all know about the beta for Honor, yes. Honors. Indeed. Yeah.
1: After that is quarantine. Find the cure, save the world.
0: Yeah, I, I assume this is coming out... uh yeah. It's yeah, this is this just came out like about an hour or so ago. I think I saw an ad for this yesterday that looked pretty neat. It's sort of a uh, it's a management game where you're trying to fight off a disease. It's not like um Oh, what the hell's the name of that game? Way Plague word? Inc. Plague Inc. That's yeah. yeah I keep Were getting confused between Plague everyone? Inc. Pandemic. Yeah, it's
3: a so not related to the MS DOS quarantine where you're a taxi driver
0: in the post-apocalyptic future killing people. I'm gonna so, assume no, but that totally sounds great, quarantine. and I should totally play it. That sounds <laughs> that sounds hilarious. Yeah, it, this this looks pretty neat. Yeah, it's a as I say, it's a management strategy game where you're trying to save the world from a, a pandemic, which is kind of cool. Mm.
1: After that, we have Greyhound Manager 2, which is a, a manager sim about Greyhound dogs.
0: I'd actually really? probably play this. I'm going I'm to yeah. be. I, I like little management games, and I lo- I'd love to manage a stable little doggies and make them yeah. achieve their dreams.
1: Little paparuskies? Yeah. yeah. Why not? The game after that is called Brutal with an at sign. Ah,
0: yes, yes. Um,
1: a modern reimagining of the classic ASCII dungeon crawler.
0: This is pretty neat in the way they've done it. Because I used to play a lot of ASCII roguelikes, as in the real ones, Angband, Zangband, Umoria, Sangband. There were a lot of Angband variants. I don't know if you noticed that. And most of them (laughs) were delivered in um, ASCII. They used ASCII instead of graphics. And the at sign was always your... That always represented you. You were the at sign. And you were fighting Uh. lowercase T's and uppercase W's and representing Uh. all kinds of things. But here... Uh, the cool thing is they've they've made the art style out of ASCII. So like your shield is the at sign. It's actually like full 3D action dungeon crawler. I it love the cool. aesthetic of it. it. Looks neat.
3: More graphical than any other ASCII thing I've seen. Like for the yeah. Sanctuary RPG a little while back and- Yeah. That was like pure ASCII mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. this is like taking that idea and giving a more 3D aesthetic to it. It seems interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I just love the idea of taking ASCII and using it as an as a interpretive aesthetic. I think that's yeah. really cool. Uh, I think I've got code coming in for this. I'm definitely going to be looking at this over the next few days. It looks like it might be right up my alley. Mm.
1: The game after that is called Lamb, LAMM, L-A-M-M. Um, it's got kind of a limbo aesthetic, but <laughs> it's a... It
0: definitely does. It's very yeah. limbo
1: it's um it's a platformer where you can't jump on your own.
0: Okay. So like
1: there are different orbs in in the sky and each orb depending on what the color they are will allow you to jump a certain number of times. Oh, so you okay. have to like plan right. out your jumps in order to like get through. It sounds like it could be interesting. All right. Um next up is called Robinson the Journey.
0: Yeah. It looks
2: beautiful. This
1: game looks It does. It,
0: does it is um, VR by the looks of it. Uh, for Oculus, it, yeah, it's a seated and standing Oculus Rift game. It doesn't seem to have Vive support, although I assume you can do revive on it. Um, I don't know what you actually do in it. All I know is there's dinosaurs and it's a $40 game. Um, it currently has negative reviews because it doesn't work.
2: <laughs> yeah all the reviews are saying that it doesn't
0: it doesn't load which is a bit of a problem yeah it's a, that's a pretty big problem i want to fix that but yeah it's a, it's a exploration it amazing it does yeah. look i if it looks that good in vr then i might once they've fixed it and made it run then i might pick it up just to be immersed in a big dinosaur world that sounds like it could be cool there's a
2: little
1: cute baby t-rex yeah that's a love um the next one is called dv drum it's a drum simulator so... the
0: ultimate apparently it's the ultimate drum simulator no less mm. Indeed. I don't know how one is. I mean, this this is actually. I don't think this is even a game at this point. This is uh, an actual synthesizer. I don't know if it's a good synthesizer, but right. there you go.
1: Uh, the game after that looks kind of interesting. It's called Cult of Cthulhu Olympic. Uh-huh. And
2: I for the briefest moment thought this is going to be a Cthulhu game, but the Olympics. Like <laughs> <was those> Mario <laughs> Cthulhu games goes Mario to the Olympics. The Olympics. It was Cthulhu monsters, but like
1: doing. Volt. No, I would be entirely okay it with that. It seems like it's a choose-your-own-adventure and yeah. you play it inside of, like, a girl's journal. Yes. It looks really
0: cool. I like the aesthetic of it. Yeah, it look, definitely looks like a game book style thing, but they've really like used that game book aesthetic. There's been quite a few really good game book like games lately. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've, I've mentioned 80 Days time and again, and I'm going to keep shoving it down people's throats until they buy it. That game's fucking amazing. Uh, and yeah. the way that it delivers text onto your screen is so compelling. But yeah, th- this this looks pretty neat. And I like game books. I'm very much into game books.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, the one after that is called Pyro VR.
0: Pyro VR. And, uh, early Access Fireworks yeah. and explosive Show. Which, again, if this looks good, I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't look all that good. But if it did, I would absolutely be up for this. Making my own, setting up my own VR fireworks with the touch controls. That sounds great. But this looks a little ropey. Let me put it that way. So hopefully they are able to polish this up a little bit
1: uh this next one i'm confused by it's called wizard king it says it's a strategy collectible card game but when i get to the screenshots that i don't see cards me neither when i get to the screenshots that show them fighting i'm like where are the cards though um mm, yeah
0: i i mean it may just be a very huh yeah i don't collectible icons that's a new yes job yeah that's it that's exactly what it is there are no cards here it's just collect stuff um i assume that it's it's a single-player game, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and so it's it's one of those single-player adventure get the cards along the way kind of thing, which are, f- are fun actually. Um, I remember I played a bunch of dystony which is a quite a funny game if you can deal with the fact that it has literal memes as cards in it, um, <laughs> and uh, Card City Knights, which is by the guy that made It'll Do, uh, is a very fun little single-player card game. Nothing will ever beat the Pokemon CCG game on Game Boy Color, though I, I can tell you, mm. magnificent. Yeah.
1: Um, the game after that is blue effect vr it is a vr um like waves of enemies atmospheric shooter
0: shooter thing yeah uh you're going super crackly right now by the way do you want me to take over until you yeah uh, let's yeah let's uh, i'll I'll take over the announcement until hopefully we can fix that uh yeah atmospheric wave shooter. i mean there's a lot of wave shooters on vr let me put it that way so it's This, this one in particular almost looks a little bit like raw data yeah it does you're totally right uh, very similar aesthetic although i imagine raw data is probably far further on although this is actually out of early access now so and raw data is not so maybe it is more complete i don't know worth it worth a try if you're in again for the vr shooting experience of which there is a lot of right now yep. the next game goes by the name of dimensional rift it is a free virtual reality arcade game where that's totes not a stargate honest guys and <laughs> It's you have a kind of laser sword and shield. Oh, things just come out of the portal and you hit them
2: somewhere. It looks yeah. like indeed.
0: Yeah, play just play through Ninja VR. It's a better version of this, I think, by looks of it. Although this is free, so hey. Uh, come on, what do we got? What do we got? Knot, knot, as in K with a knot. Uh, we discover the world of Chinese wood knots. I'm not sure I'd ever discovered it in the first place, but okay. Uh, it's a 3D mechanical puzzle game. Looks quite nice actually, if you're into that kind of thing. It's a niche market, of a niche market, but hey. The next game goes by the name of Rest House, which is all wrong, apparently. I can't
2: figure out what this game is.
0: No. uh, Five stories that are connected with mysterious characters. The main character is trying to discover the meaning of it.
2: But, like,. I don't see gameplay. I can't figure out what this game is.
0: Yeah, I'm looking... It it literally doesn't even list the gameplay in the features down here. I'm scrolling down, like, yeah, key features of the game. Story, art style. It's like, yeah, but what does it do? Apparently there's puzzles and hidden keys somewhere. So I guess it's one of those first-person exploration games, I'm going to assume. But yeah, it's not not very detailed. Moving on to Civil War Battle of Petersburg. There's a lot of Civil War games. This one costs a grand total of 59 cents. And... (laughs) I'm going to... yep, it's a hex-based war game. That's all it is. For 59 cents. Which is unusual. Most of those war games are quite expensive because they're towards a very niche market. Right. Don't necessarily mean if that means it's bad. I don't want to judge a book by its price, but who knows. Uh, The next one is called It Lurks in the Woods.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look like anything. It looks like a a short exploration game that's it's exactly
2: what it is like a spooky it's yeah based on it, it, on the... all the reviews are like it's not a horror game it's the walking simulator scare game
3: french canadian folklore that's different
0: quebecois that's neat uh wasn't <laughs> that um wasn't a uh, song foie tales of werewolves also based on that Damn. that was a pretty neat game like yeah, yeah that was a neat game uh that was about uh defending your town from werewolves and you had to set up traps and manage your town and there was tactical combat uh, and I kept mispronouncing the name of it. I called it Sangfroid. No, it's sang apparently. I'm I apologize to my Quebec-y brethren. Uh, All <laughs> right. Uh, okay, uh, we, have, uh, we got rid of your crackle, for at least for a really? while. Anyway. It's gone? It's gone for the time being. Well, I'll let Excellent. you know if it comes back.
1: Cool. The next game is called Fantasy Fairways. It's like a fantasy golf game.
0: Okay. Uh, I mean, that's potentially neat. I've seen quite a few of these whole uh, you know, mini golf games. This one is interesting in that it's, I don't know if this is 2D or top down. I can't tell, actually. Mm. I think it's it 2D? Looks 2D like side side yeah. view kind of thing. Yeah. It's it obviously, you know, it's a get to the end kind of thing. Uh physics based by the looks of it. It was kind of neat.
1: This next game is called Powers VR. It's okay. a VR game where you're a superhero and you get to play that, with different superpowers.
0: <laughs> that I mean, that sounds awesome. The question is like, can you whether do- or not it's good? Yeah, well, is it actually a game or just a toy box? I think uh, it's a
1: toy box. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's currently in early access. Uh, No, it seems that there there are gameplay aspects to it, apparently. I saw guys shooting dudes with lasers and there was damage numbers coming off it. Yeah, you get experience like flying through the air. Oh, and you get to do this to do it. That's pretty cool. I can see the appeal of that.
1: The next game is called Alone With You. It looks like it's a story game. Sci-fi, bittersweet sci-fi adventure game that goes right for your heart.
0: Oh, great. A romantic <clears throat> adventure game by way of Star Trek, according to the quote here. Uh, yeah, because, you know, Star Trek never had any romance in it or anything. First interracial kiss on television! You know, maybe pay attention to that when you come up with your quotes, but yeah, I i mean, it seems most like a text adventure, from what I can tell.
1: The next game is called Ananias. A-N-A-N-I-A-S. Explore hey, we, five we, ancient realms, fighting their monstrous inhabitants.
0: We were talking about actual roguelikes earlier, of the the classic style. Uh, This is that, although it uses a tile set as opposed to uh, ASCII. But yeah, it looks like a very very old school top down dungeon crawler roguelike. Moving on.
1: Uh, this next one, moving on to February tenth. This next game is called Convicted Galaxy. Mm. I don't know what type of game this is. (laughs) Looking at the screenshots, it's very busy and I'm confused.
0: I'm already intrigued. Uh, Apparently you're stranded in an unknown galaxy full of escaped prisoners who grow stronger with every passing moment. God, they're busy. Build a space station, upgrade your ship and dogfight your way out of the galaxy, Uh, which all sounds kind of interesting. I just don't know how any of that works. Is it a management game? Uh, Do you pilot at any point? I'm trying to figure it out by looking at the video and not really getting very far. Uh, it
3: has adaptive 3D audio as a key feature.
0: So Interesting, not what I generally buy my games on the basis of, but hey Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I think it does seem that. to have some sort of uh arcade aspect to it. I think it's all on flat plane as well, which is not that appealing for a lot of space games. Some of them are okay like that, but this one because it's very much a dogfighting game, not so great that it's on flat plane like that. But uh, hey, we'll see. You know, it's going to early access. We'll see what happens when it's actually done.
1: This next game makes me uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) Okay. What you got?
1: It's called Jump to Die. It makes me uncomfortable, too. It says, the world is doomed. People don't have enough resources to live. So as a genius business holder, you realize it's a chance to make money. You rent a small building and begin your business, attracting people to jump off your roof.
0: You you run a suicide company? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Okay. I I definitely see how that could be done satirically. Uh, A lot of the text was in Chinese, I think, which is particularly right, disturbing right. Like... considering Oh my. Yeah. All right. Well, sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, there's that. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Probably
0: not play that one, but
1: My Super Tower 1, it looks like it's
0: for, free free? I'm confused. It's it's DLC for My Super Tower 2, but it's free.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't understand what this is. I don't either.
0: Uh it's a, a classic tower, it's a tower defense, defense with tower minimalistic okay. d graphics. Right. Yeah, because that's never been done before. Next.
1: The Barbarian and the Subterranean Caves. Why this would why
0: why would they be... Don't do, go in caves. Uh, it's an adventure visual novel about the heroic feats of intrepid warrior Ragnar. Apparently it's an 18-plus game, so expect boobies and well-oiled men. Sure. Uh, made by a Russian studio by the looks of it. Yo. There's a dragon uh, in there somewhere. There's a
3: screenshot of the guy eating chicken legs and watermelon. It's a thing. Great, cool.
0: Uh, this is going very well so far. Next,
1: the next game is called X Bird, and it's a bunch of birds uh, shooting lasers and stuff at each other. It's
0: fucking, it's fucking Jontron. <laughs> people are going to assume again like
1: you hate Jontron now.
0: It's like no, it's a Donkey reference. God damn it. Uh, I mean, this looks kind of I... hilarious and oh appealing my, this, for ninety nine this... cents. I have to say.
2: This clip of a bald eagle running from another bird shooting lasers at it is the funniest thing I th- think I've ever seen. On it's the
1: great!
0: Holy it's shit! Really I just got to that bit. Uh, yeah, um, actually, for <laughs> a dollar, this seems hilarious. Okay.
1: Get out of there, bald eagle! Run!
0: Oh my god! Next.
1: Um. Next up is called Wacky Spores: The Chase. It's an RPG spores. runner.
0: Okay. I don't it know combines what that the strategy is. of t- Oh yeah. Um yeah it's one of those um there's a lot of these on mobile uh where it's sort of a real-time side scrolling battle rpg kind of thing uh mm. yeah there's, they've done quite a few of those there's giant bees in it for some reason i don't know why that is yeah.
1: uh after that we have bloody oh, boobs it got God. Oh.
0: Yes. And then... yes please please be released so we can never talk about it again
1: <laughs> yes release. and then we have um 8-bit armies arena
0: and this is intriguing what's going on with this right now Um, there's three 8-bit games that are all RTSs They're not 8-bit at all by the way. They're just kind of voxels, uh, you know looking kind of lo-fi um, They released by some of the ex-CNC guys. There's currently six factions involved in it uh, if you buy all three games What arena is is a multiplayer only version of the games uh, play one of six different armies across certain maps I don't know if this is going to be free or not. Um, The game has a campaign in it and a bunch of other stuff, but I assume this is just a multiplayer-only, maybe cheaper variant of it to get people invested in it. I've played the games. They're quite fun. Uh, They're quite basic for what they are for real-time strategy, but you can do crazy shit like have aliens fight walks and have a modern army against an army of elves and dwarves and shit, which is kind of neat, so... Yeah, they're not bad they're just you know, they're quite you know uh straightforward i would say
1: oh uh, the next game is called the source of evil it's a vr game listed as violent and gory but oh, they're hi. just like weird purple men that run at you
0: <laughs> it <Okay>. looks like
1: <laughs> they're the source of evil i guess
0: the wheels pur- yes we must stop the weird purple men immediately it mm. looks like it's another stupor for the most part vr vr shooter standing yeah, yeah. A lot of those. Um,
1: yeah, after that we have Captain Lycop, Invasion of the Headers. Oh, but it looks like it used to be- it's supposed French. to be French. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, a space shooter mixing adventure action and tactics. You fly what I assume is a giant rabbit head for some reason. I'm not going to ask. I don't want to know. I, for the most part though, it just seems like a twin stick.
1: Hmm. The next game is called Mutant Fighting Cup 2. Evolve, mutate, and train your monsters to win a kinda monster championship. This.
2: This I kind of love this. This awesome.
0: sounds great. A brutal turn-based strategy. This oh one seems God. like Neopets on crack. Look at this shit. Yeah,
2: this looks, hilarious. looks great.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, this this looks potentially entertaining. Uh, I might give this a try. Yeah, get a little bit of an Impossible Creatures vibe, so that's cool. Yeah, that's always cool. I actually played that recently. That game still holds up. It's a <laughs> it ton of fun.
1: Next one's called
0: Way Out Hex 2. Way, way Out... God, this is a terrible way out name. It's a, way po- out it's two. a Hex puzzle hex. game, I think. Yes. Yeah. Can you find it again? I don't even know what I was looking for in the first place. Next.
1: Evan- uh, next is called Evangeline.
0: Evangeline. It's Uh-oh. a first
2: show. Per- emotional. It's one of those... It, one of
0: these, it looks uh, like it. Called- yeah. They have a name for these now, by the way. I don't know if you agree with this being a good name. I think it's okay. Uh, FPX, First Person Experience. Um, oh, yeah basically what yeah. they were kind of rebranding Walking Simulator as. I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a that's a decent moniker, and it's less clunky than Walking Simulator. So sure, yeah. vague enough. Yeah, exactly. I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah. Um, the next one is called Zombie Balls.
0: <laughs> Great balls with a Z as well. Just to know we yep. super radical, am I right?
1: It's a physics puzzle game. Kill the undead. Balls. Keep the villagers alive. Zombie
0: balls. Zombie balls. Uh, yeah. Throw rocks at zombies in a 2D level sure mm-hmm.
1: all right next up is called foot rock uh it's a sports foot, game
0: foot rock via oh yeah this this was the sort of mario party like weird uh sports game with cardboard cutout cows and all sorts of crazy shit going on yeah this was like uh, i guess this was pushed because this was a few weeks ago uh mm-hmm. but it actually looked pretty fun for what it was
1: after that we have block king
0: block king
1: doesn't look great it's also listed as massively multiplayer
0: i don't think it is that i don't <laughs> i'm so i confused. i am looking at this game and i'm thinking that i don't want to be looking at it anymore next
1: next is called the safeguard garrison
0: A safeguard a defense
1: game of yeah. course
0: it is yes uh you crackles back by the way
1: fuck uh, <laughs> okay do i, do I take <laughs> we over get-
0: uh, yeah, I'll take a ra- You We we are getting rid of that audio interface before next show, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, that is a, a yeah, it's a tower defense game, uh one of many. Just play defense grid for the love of god. All right, moving on to February the 11th, Western 1849 Reloaded become That's the ult- cool. Yeah, it actually does. Uh, I a like a little ass- bit of
3: Carl of War as gunslinger.
0: Yeah. Maybe. A little bit of uh, Mad Dog McCree maybe in uh, here yes. as well. Uh, something like that. There was also like this really cool Neo Ge- Wild Guns, was it? That Neo Geo game? Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah, it's a, it's a third-person shooting gallery, but it looks like it's pretty fun. I like the aesthetic too. Yeah, cell shaded look. Yeah, looks pretty cool. And then moving on to Cavern of Time. Uh, no, nothing of the sort. Uh, it is, it's an RPG adventure game. Um, if it has a frame rate, I'm not sure how to describe it. But yeah, it looks like it runs quite slow. I think we actually covered this last week, so I got—I guess it got pushed. But yeah, very old school looking RPG. Almost looks like an RPG Maker game, but it looks a little too uh, advanced for that. Uh moving on to Dash Fleet, a simple and fun dashing action game. It's a fucking clone of Flappy Bird, isn't it? That's what it looks like. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind kind of Flappy Bird, kind of Flappy Bird ish. Ish. never
3: ending fun means yeah
0: that <laughs> it's never end. there's this flappy bird arcade machines now we, we are truly lost uh next seclusion is the name of it it is an atmospheric adventure of risk versus reward try to find supplies and a solution to saving humanity by the day but don't be surprised if you don't survive the night
2: damn
0: yeah uh this looks potentially neat sort of management survival-esque kind of thing and you're running around a lab coat doing it Next one, Dragon Kingdom War. I mean, really, anything called this sounds great. Uh, The question is whether it will be. It is a puzzle RPG. Um, uh, it combines
1: dragons and they turn into big boy dragons.
0: Turn-based strategy, role-playing, card battle, and match three—all in the same game. Which sounds kind of like it would be up my alley. I like those things. I like all of those things. Uh, I'm not so sure about the aesthetic. Uh, Bit, bit, bit anime for my liking, but. We'll see. I don't know if it's going to be a free to play or anything like that. Moving on. Oh My fucking god. <laughs>
1: uh, I think we're all cool with you skipping that one.
0: <laughs> if you want to play that, play Fallout Four. Next, Ultimagus, a magical 2D shooter defender with unique spell selection. Blast through 50 levels, face countless hordes of monsters and evil bosses. A strategical fantasy shooter. Whatever that means. It's sort of a side-scrolling thing of sorts with items. And yeah. Uh, also, your We're characters also are far, cool far too skipping small. Skipping the next one. Uh, yes,
2: we agree the next one's
1: fine. To
0: skip. <laughs> that game every week. I'm, I'm failing. No, <laughs> I know it. Publicity.
2: It's Don't been out it for them.
0: months. I'm not saying it. I won't say it. I won't tell it. I, I know that they're doing this on purpose. They're pushing it back every week. So we have to mention it on every show. I'm not going to fall it. for your scheme anymore. I will not be your Don't puppet. Puppet, you're the puppet. <laughs> Damn. Wi- winds of trade is the next one a strategy game about running an ocean trading company in the 18th and 19th century again kind of up my alley uh go to buy low sell high defend against pirates all that kind of thing there are not enough goods age of sale games i believe hopefully this will be one of them otherwise i'm going back to playing yet another round of sid Meier's pirates red haze you know my mm. dear my life isn't safe what on earth is all of this
1: what, uh, what, the game. Fuck? what is
0: this don't, i don't know what this is
1: what i want to play this
0: uh okay Ooh. sure you you go ahead with that. Apparently it has 27 endings. Uh I don't I don't you, mostly
1: wishless.
3: sexual content, gore. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. yeah what you is know. happening? I don't know what's going on with that. You you guys can deal with that one. Uh next Darwin's Demons. I don't think Spo- de-
2: shooter, space shooter. Boy do I wish it was what it wasn't
0: and, uh, like, it's just, it's just, with
2: a name like that i was hoping to be something fucking awesome something a, uh, maybe
0: a little bit uh, cerebral no it's actually yeah. space invaders uh but it does have some like you've got like abilities and uh customization and stuff but again good luck convincing anyone to play space invaders and last but by no means least we have Lore LOR. league of Runners. league of runners yes uh which i going to assume is v uh,
1: it actually, looks man. like it it yeah, looks like it, but it might not be. Best runner in a beautiful fantasy. World? I mean, beautiful's pushing it, maybe. Here's,
2: here's my here's my problem. You're fighting for the title of best runner, but it's a single-player game. So literally, like, you ain't speed uh, You're the best kid. You're the best kid. You, <laughs> no you else everyone else.
3: There's a lot of in-development there.
0: There <laughs> is, yeah, right.
3: VR in development. development.
0: Uh-huh. yeah, that's that's a bit of a concern. Well, we'll see how that one goes and oh, wow. I, can we
2: get a shout out to a game that i did not know was even out th- bleed 2 came out
0: yes today, it, I did. it did It did I uh, bl-
2: didn't even have a clue about that
0: nope that snuck up uh, there were a couple of things that were actually missing from that list um bleed 2 being one of them and one we mentioned last week invisigun heroes is out today as well which i'm looking forward to taking a look at uh so keep an eye on those those are supposed to be quite good and yeah. that um that Horror heresy game i think came out today but again i I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it at this point. Uh one other reminder which is not a game release but an update, the Radiant update to Darkest Dungeon came out today. So the brand You're new Radiant mode, mode that rebalances the whole game and supposedly makes it a bit shorter and such Dang and adds a ton of new content. It's in. Uh, that's not the DLC, that's not the Crimson Court or whatever it is they're working on right now, but if you wanted a reason to go back no
1: ramps yet, y'all.
0: Now, you wanted a reason to go back to Dark's Dungeon. Maybe you thought it was a little bit too unfair, a little bit too punishing. They have a new Radiant mode that you can play, which is less so. Uh, I might give that a shot. I have no shame in admitting that that game is very difficult, and I've I... never
1: beaten it. With as much as no. I've played it, I've, I've never, never, I've never still never even. touched I would it love of that, to see so. an ending to that. There
0: you game. go. There's I, your update. I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- this might be the update for you then. Uh, Radiant mode uh, has a ton of new rebalancing and features. And I'll say this about, you know, and some people might say, ah, you should play it in its original form and all that kind of thing. Same with XCOM. It's like, you should play it on Legendary and Iron Man and that's the <laughs> only way you should ever play it. No, it's a single-player game. Let people enjoy it in the way that they want to enjoy it. And if Absolutely. if it gets more people to experience Darkest Dungeon, which is a fucking great game, then so be it. You know, by all means, put it in an easier mode. Give it a try. Um, I'll probably start a new save file with that. And I may very well enjoy it more or I may enjoy it less. It'll, you know, I might I might do a... If I spend enough time, I might do a video on that and say, hey, you know, did did this easier mode affect the enjoyment of the game negatively or positively? I think that's an interesting conversation to have. So yeah. give it a try. Um, give it a try. I think that is about it. Uh, as far as I know, in terms of releases and all that good stuff. Unless you want to play the, apparently the brought out Shadows of the Empire again on Steam. God knows if it works very well um uh, steam doesn't do a great job of releasing games that are compatible with everything let me put it that way so maybe stick to gog for most of that stuff but there you go ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for watching the podcast but before we go we would love you to watch our material because that's how we pay our rent so our special yeah. guest today of course was clint from lazy game reviews thank you very much for spending your time coming on the show today hopefully your house isn't blown over in the uh, uh current <laughs> windy storms that we're having in this area survived so far yes indeed i would love to know what's coming up over the next couple of weeks on your channel so why don't you let us know where you can find it and what you've got coming up okay
3: well uh yeah youtube.com lazy game reviews i've got a special tomorrow on the entire history of america online so from
1: what 89
3: until (laughs) today so it's 21 minutes of just ridiculously in-depth stuff showing what happened to them
2: Does it end with the fact that my mom still has an AOL email?
3: There is actually a mention of the number of people that still have the address, and the number of people that still pay for dial-up, which is somewhere in the range of 2 million customers.
1: What? Still paying for dial-up. That's That's actually
3: true. So that's a thing. (laughs) If you can believe it. Yeah, AOL is a fascinating story. So that's that. Um, We'll see after that. I've got a video showing how to play Doom on a TI-83 calculator.
0: Um, oh no don't post that my, my kid will put it on and he'll not pay attention <laughs> to maths class I'll tell you he's already put games on that damn thing I know I know you've done it
3: we all do it but you know if you can put a doom on something and play it you should even if it's a calculator
0: true true I'll I'll give an exception to that one just that one in particular important part of our history that one
3: and I mean after that I don't know new videos every Monday and Friday I haven't made anything beyond that so
0: <laughs> yeah most yes. of us don't, don't plan that far ahead That's pretty
3: yeah. much what it is
0: Yep, his channel name has been under his face for the last three hours. If you haven't noticed it by now, you definitely weren't paying attention. But go and check it out for all your retro goodness, specifically PC retro goodness, which is not often addressed. Jesse, what are no. you coming up? What's going on?
2: Uh, There's more Resident Evil fun. Uh, hopefully I can convince you to do more pit people fun.
0: We could, and, we could uh, probably do that, yeah. A bit more pit people would uh, not go amiss there's actually a new and episode then, of that up as of yesterday on my channel so actually it was yo. i don't know if it went up yesterday or the day before but it's up go watch it
2: and uh man just all sorts of fun and silly stuff uh tomorrow you can probably expect a fan friday of uh nefarious as well so ah Get ready that means i should do my, my so nefarious back. video
0: tonight and release it releases slightly before yours yes oh huh
2: beat me to it so
0: we, rude. we will benefit from cross-pollination <laughs> trust me uh, and if we do sure? not you can you can have one of my delicious right. iced creams so, okay. uh, I'm, I'm going for space Bert bear please. again I, I slip into space bear once in a while it just happens but now it's time for you to die
2: space bear <laughs>
0: <laughs> jesse gave me the rest of his blueberries. <laughs> you that is you i don't care what
2: anyone says it's i know. basically it's your, chief your form. giant space bear yeah
0: mm-hmm. that's apparently the only voice i can do is space bear from pit people there you go mm-hmm. that's it's a fairly limited and not very useful talent but i will make the best use of it if possible yes yes yeah it's <laughs> now it's time for you to die dodger what you got coming yes. up this week
1: Uh, well, we started doing anime news, and I'm very excited about that. It's been doing very well. So if you would like to go to my channel and see, uh, yeah, we now have weekly gaming news and anime news. Um, my first impressions of this season of anime is up, and I'm going to be streaming for honor right after this stream. So if you would like to hang out on my Twitch channel, it's twitch.tv slash dexbonus. I would love to see you there. And, uh, just, just have a good, a good day. Uh, uh-huh.
0: Yes. And I'm sure she will replace her audio interface literally anytime now. So we'll see.
2: I, mean, I, I
1: literally <laughs> have a tab up that says "Babyface audio. On
0: it. <laughs> just it's worth the investment. Mine lasted for six <laughs> fucking years and didn't break. And I dropped it on many, a uh, airport or train platform or god knows what it's (laughs) it's a good piece of kit bit pricey but better than buying a new scarlet every year trust me you'll save Mm -hmm. money in the long run don't buy a scarlet folks they just break too often uh a a quick reminder anime related incidentally for those who've been watching um tiger mask w that's restarted again there's a few more episodes of it out so you you get to see their interpretation of the current wwe women's champion and them taking the piss out of WWE's treatment of women wrestlers by deliberately giving them their measurements first and having the Japanese commentator say, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, I thought the audience would like to know their measurements. <laughs> Jesus they, let me ju- Let me just put it this way. They're getting less and less subtle about their jabs at WWE, and it's hilarious, right. and I love it. So yeah, go go watch the episodes of that. It's great. Uh, coming on my channel, oh, God. Uh, uh, things, I... Might, uh, I'm considering all sorts of things. I'm probably going to do that Nefarious video. I, I'm i going to do a Banner Saga video because I actually beat a video game, which is incredibly rare these days. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did it. So I'll do the Banner Saga video. A lot of people have been asking me to do that anyway, just like, oh, Banner Saga deserves exposure. I was like, yeah, you're probably right. So I might do that. I just installed Battle Crew Space Pirates, which is something I think we pointed out last week that looked a bit like Showdown Effect. Might play a little bit of that. I also reinstalled Rack because I saw it on some random guy's video that I was watching. I can't remember the name of the person, but it's like, oh, rack! I remember that. Oh my, that looks like it's come a lot since I last played it. Very sort of retro style shooter with a cool, um, I think it's a flat shaded sort of aesthetic. So yeah, I might do that, and I may, I may do a little uh, double head of uh, double bill video on the two really bad 140,000 games. Uh, <laughs> that, that that may happen. There'll also be a video of my voice pack for StarCraft 2, because people have been asking for that. I'm going to do a little bit of a playthrough of that and demonstrate some of the voices for you. Uh, Jesse still has not released his video on my voice pack, uh, so
2: it is coming this weekend. <laughs> it is Look, coming, y'all. Get ready! Yeah. It's Jesse and TV play Starcraft,
0: or more accurately, yeah, Jesse no. gets yelled at by uh, Robot Total Biscuit while playing Starcraft. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it will. That'll be that'll be a thing. And outside of that, if you missed the wonders of Shoutcraft Kings that happened uh, the last week or the week before, can't really remember which, I think it was the week before, all of the VODs are now available on my second channel, which is my StarCraft channel, that is YouTube.com slash TotalBiscuit. Go and check that out for some great StarCraft competitive action. And that is about it, I think. I'm hopefully not missing anything. We're not missing anything, right? We weren't supposed to promote anything? No, no, not a sponsor week? Great. Good. Uh, however, there is one little thing I would like you to know, that next week's show will be, again, be on a slightly different day, uh, we're moving things around, I've got surgery this month and people are going to events and all sorts of things like that, so, actually it won't be, next week it will be the week after, uh, the week of the 19th to the 25th, we are going to be moving the show to the 20th, which is a Monday, not the Tuesday, which is the 21st, because I'm in hospital on 21st, so the 20th will be doing the show, that's in two weeks, so you don't need to worry about next week, next week should... In theory, anyway, but it's usual time, it's usual place, on this usual channel. Assuming we don't fuck that up again. Well, we'll see. Clint, thank you very much for spending so much time with us today. Very much appreciated. Go check out his channel. His YouTube name is right under his face, as it has been for the last three and a half or so hours. We're about done. Thank you very much for watching the Cooptional Podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. Fix the crackle. Fix your crackle.